No, no, I, just, I, I was just telling this guy I've been eating um, pretty bad, so oh, I'm going to stop on the way home. I'm going to stop by um, the infamous Smith & Wong takeaway um, and get me a soup. They still got Street Fighter in there? Oh, yeah, well, I don't, they got that in the shooting game. Like, yeah. But, you know, the, I get to the point like where I'm playing mm. and like, um, you know, he'll say, oh, your order's ready, I'll just leave the game. Oh, Back in the yeah. days, man, I'll just be waiting. No, no, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta clock this thing, man. Well, do you remember when there used to be a, a petrol station? Like way oh, back. True. Forgot way all about that. What that little block there? Yeah. Yo. This is big Because if you notice when you park the car like, by the road, you see the little spots where the where, where, where yeah, the, the, those where, bumps. Yeah, those bumps. Yeah, with those yeah. bumps where the pumps used to be. Oh, that's right. They just put it in on concrete. But I remember, I remember when I was a gas station, like when I was a kid, like back in the days. And that um, that wallie, the brick wall is with a what do you call it, the air pump? Eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, honestly, I can't. You know, I've born and raised, but I can't remember that. Gee, mm-hmm. Nah, shucks, that's going back, man. I almost <laughs> forgot about that one. So you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, it's memories. Well, do know. you remember what petrol station it was? Or was it a BP or a, a Shell? Mobile, I think. Was it? Oh, yeah, okay. I think it was a mobile. Yeah, I can't remember. I think yeah, I was still. Little, still little. Oh, we're just shocked it wasn't like a um, like horsing, horsing cart. because <laughs> 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 well, no, we, we moved. I was two years old when we moved out west. Yeah, from from town. Oh, true. So, yeah, that's the uh, that's probably the first things I remember that that petrol station. Yeah, that because I remember when it turned into like a dairy, and the oh man, that petrol station on dairy was a dairy. I remember that. Oh, yeah, okay. When I was young, is that the same as you? Um, did your parents do you, like every other Pacific Island Islander did? Rob um, come from um, Central to Ranui, or um, yeah, man, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, like um, I was the same. I was two years old, I think, when we moved up from um, Greyland Kingsley. Yeah. So yeah, so um, I think we our street. Where Eric lives, <laughs> oh, I mean, where Eric's, yeah, Eric's fams as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, the original fams in the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, like, so you've been there from day dot. You can. Yeah, pretty much, man. So from two years old, so that's pretty much all I knew. I still, you know, my dad still got the, or the, the my dad's family still got the homestead. Oh, nice. Yeah, back in um Greyland. So yeah. Uh, every now and then, get to go out there. Probably for me, most times it's based around funerals and stuff now. Oh, yeah. okay. But yeah. yeah. The family still go around for Christmas and stuff, but um, yeah, I don't make, quite make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a few families that have that. Hey, like yeah. homestead back in town, yeah. back in Ponsonby, Greenland, like still a few families. Yeah, held on to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, that's a good thing. They're the lucky ones because um, I know I've heard of, uh, a lot of stories of people um leaving it to family members and or you know not sorting out all the paperwork and then they they um some sort of family members end up selling off. Mm. Selling it off, and then they lose that kind of history. And yeah. They don't realize the importance of having of holding that kind of stuff in the family. Eh? Yeah, yeah exactly. you know, and so they've got some kind of reference of the history of the family. Yeah, no, because I mean, because especially Greyland, that's the roots, eh? you know, so, yeah, man. Yeah, it was like the landing pad for you know for most of the, the islanders when they came here from the Pacific. So, that's right. Like, uh, so I'm really really glad that uh, my dad's family kept the house. Yeah, um, and my mom's family, like. Uh, they they cashed in or you know for the time I think they sold their house for like 28 grand before they moved into Massey yeah uh, this is back in like early 80s early mid 80s 
And not long after that, the you know the house prices skyrocketed in Central Auckland. Yeah. So twenty eight grand was you know especially when you come from the islands with nothing. Yeah. Sounds like a lot. Eh? But yeah. um, I mean it's like worth millions now. Yeah. The same house. Or that family, your family house in Greylands. You know, there's probably you know how you always get those letters, <laughs> you know, from Ray White and yeah. you know. Um, so it's funny because my dad he'll always see those letters. Yeah. And like he doesn't he doesn't understand it, and then he'll think these people are they are they buying our house? Like no no dad they you know they're saying that you know if they want us to um, if they want to come around, um, want us them to come around and uh, evaluate the house they'll do it for us you know they don't want to buy the house they just they just address it to every um, household on the on the street so you know when you have the Barford and Thompson and all that my dad gets a bit paranoid like hey are you just doing some some double dealing behind my back of the house or something. You know, me and me and Tama laugh, you know, like this guy. In, uh, in other words, they're cashing in on their potential commissions because if they plant the seed on these people that, you know, mm. oh, we will value your house. Next minute you value it, next minute might be a big number, you might be like Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the that's my fear. Is yeah, that my yeah. dad he's gonna say you know, not my fear, but like my dad, like we already have a rough um we've because we've we've had the house evaluated before. Um when my mom was here. So you kind of, you know, you go online and you see, um, you can calculate it yourself and see what the median is and all that. So we know roughly what the house is worth. Um, you can you can find out how much your um, house is worth online. You know, you mm. don't have to worry about yeah. any of these um, guys come. I've used one of those, um, yeah. those things before. That's yeah, right. Cool. And, then you, and you see the numbers. Oh, mm. oh well, that's not, you know, that's good to know. But Randall is my home, man. What free five? <laughs> <laughs> free free brother. <laughs> Hard, but I mean it's like um, and every, we're kind of in the same situation now, eh? You know, so like in Ranui, even just going back a, a, a few years, probably you know, it would be the last place people would be uh, looking to, to to buy a place to live in. Yeah. Whereas uh, you know, we're kind of in the same situation that our parents were in, or our grandparents. We got uh people coming in, like I said. You know, saying, "Oh, are you thinking of selling?" I said, "Oh yeah. no, me. I'm just we just got to skip. We're just getting rid of rubbish. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to move or anything." Yeah. But um, and and the money now it sounds like heaps, but really, like if you sell your house for six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars, you know, you'd be really hard pressed to find another house. That's right. You know, for yeah. that for yeah. that amount of money, man, you have to go to somewhere either a little bit further out of Auckland, and that's probably not what you want to do. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so speaking of one three five, I'd like to welcome. Uh, Ranui 135 himself. Rob Lucy. The king of Ranui. <laughs> the king of Ranui himself, it, man. Welcome, it. welcome. <laughs> welcome on board the 135 bus again. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was um, not moving, but now it's... it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I think, um, yeah, I think we really got... To, I think we, I think we just needed to change the tires. <laughs> and now we've got, now we've got the, the, the king of the 135 on the bus. Now we're definitely going places now, man. Ah, stop us. Welcome, brother. Uh, thanks, Barry. Thanks for the invite, boys. Yeah. Yeah, welcome, man. Welcome. So, what's happening, man? What's what's up with you? What, what's new? What's new? Uh, what's new? Shucks, <laughs> uh, I don't know what's new, but well, um, when when I was when I was messaging you, you said um, you had your you were coaching and it's over. Well, is that a, a team oh, you're coaching? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I just doing a, a bit of rugby league. So, oh, yeah. Uh, had the privilege to coach the the local league club, the Mighty Waitemata Seagulls. Um, yeah. For about five five seasons, and uh, yeah, and I was just really really privileged to be able to, uh, I guess, give back to the community that way. Um, and it's funny, a lot of the uh, I used to work in the schools um, uh, a few years back, and a lot of the kids had grown up and they actually come back to to play for the club. Yeah, you know, and, and the cool thing was that there were a lot of 
um, really good talent from Ranui that was playing in other clubs, in bigger clubs, at first division clubs. And um, yeah, it was really cool that, you know, we put the, the call out um, to try and make a push for our local club to, um, you know, put a good team together. And uh, a lot of the, the young fellas came back to play for the neighbourhood. So that mm. was really cool. And I guess through that, um, you know, I, I owe a few favours to a few other coaches. So uh, the last couple of years, I've just been helping out as uh, an assistant with the Akarana under-17s. So been been part of the uh, National Rugby League tournament for the last couple of years. And uh, we had a good year last year, won the comp. But um, yeah, we, we fell a bit short this year, ended up coming third. Which is that for uh, Akarana? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my um, a good, a really close friend of mine. He coaches the, I think under fifteens. Oh, yeah. Yep, Henry good. Nicholas. Henry, yeah, good fellow. Henry. Yeah, he's one of the boys. Um, he's he's um, good friends with uh, boys out of the back of the one three five two. But um, yeah, they they took it out this year, eh? Yeah, nah, man. He's and I, I remember him coming back, and he he was saying that they weren't they weren't favoured. You know, they everyone was talking about every other team. And um, at Karana, you know, for some reason, people kind of sleep on them, and and uh, they were like, they were fortunate enough to take out the um, the county's Manukau. Were they, were they one of the that's stronger? Right. That's one of the stronger teams, eh? Yeah. Is, that, that's, is that so? At Karana, is that um, all of what's that catchment? Where are they? Uh, where, where do you where do you pull players from there? Are they all the West teams or? Yeah, so it's it's kind of like uh, uh, North Shore. Uh, Central Auckland and uh, West Auckland, so yep. it's kind of like the region. Oh, okay. And uh, I think what well, Auckland Rugby League did, because um, I mean Auckland Rugby League for years was just uh, wasting everybody, so they uh, they split Auckland in half. So yep. half as counties from uh, I think from Mount Wellington all the way you know down to uh, I'm not too sure where the the last last team is maybe um, Papakoro or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, so so we got. North, Central, West, and we get the, the pick of the best players from there. Oh, nice. Yeah, but yeah, Henry's a good coach, man, and he's yeah. got some amazing talent in his team. Yeah. And probably probably the biggest thing is trying to keep our talent here in New Zealand. Yeah. So a lot of those kids that come through um, through this national tournament, they're already signed to, to uh, the big NRL clubs. And so before they're even 18 or before they've even had a chance to play um, first grade in, in Auckland, um, they're already over in Australia. That's um. Is that is that dangerous? You know, like for like if you're a fifteen, uh, fourteen, fifteen year old kid and you're already experienced puberty, or you know you're going through changes physically, you've already got this pressure where you get you have someone come up and he says to you, oh, well, "I want to be your manager," and so you've already feel like, oh, 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 you know, you already feel like they're gonna build you up too. Then you've got other teams coming in and telling you, "I oh, will fly you over to Australia and all that." You know, that's a lot of pressure to put on a, a fourteen, fifteen year old kid, isn't it? Like um. You know, with this thing that we're going through with uh, mental health and that, um, do, is there do, does Auckland Rugby Union or Rugby League do they have uh, systems in place to help these kids get, go through these things? Because that's a big, you know, I mean, you know, you yeah. know what it's like to be fifteen and imagine someone coming up like they, this could alter your future, this you and your family, you know. Yeah, I thought, no. I thought there would have been some age restrictions over there for that. Kind no, of stuff. There, there is. I mean, before it used to be pretty much open sailor, so you could sign yeah, a kid yeah. up. From like uh, thirteen or something like that. Really? Um, yeah, but they've oh, yeah. uh, you know people are aware of, of things like uh, how it affects you know players' mental health. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess just the expectation it puts on um, you know families to move to Australia and, and take their kids with them at a, at a young age, yeah. with no promise really of making it. That, so that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess um, I think there, there's a lot more being done. We've got some um, uh, people who are actually appointed um, <coughs> in, in the game. 
to to address that. So you got you got people like um, uh, Jerry Silsu, who 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 goes around New Zealand talking with players, uh, you know, about um, you know, like the expectations of, of what it takes to be a player and, and making sure that they understand what they're going into and that there's no guarantees for any of those players, no matter how talented they are. Yeah. So you, I mean, you could get stopped by injury, form. Um, you can stop growing, yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone starts you know getting bigger and faster yeah. than you. So, yeah. I mean, there, there's heaps of things, but I think, you know, in terms of pressure for for a young person, um, yeah, there's heaps, and, and I think unless a kid is playing for the right reasons, and that's usually just because they that's love the game yeah. and they love playing footy, uh, they like uh, uh, making friendships free league, then then they're sweet. But if if they're playing because uh, you know it's a ticket for their family. To, to make it um, you know then that's a, that's where a lot of pressure comes from and it's, it's not that people families are directly putting pressure on their kids to be successful in league but um, you know like uh, you've got all these scouts you've got all these um, coaches and stuff saying bro you're the man you're amazing and kids believe it until it you know gets starts getting hard and I mean there's some 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 players that, that I've known that play first grade and just the training alone is too much you know, because the, the loads that they have to go through is massive to be able to just say that they're good enough at the level and that's not even taking the field yet, you know, so, yeah. yeah. Have you, um, have you seen, how's, how's Watermelon Seagulls? How's how the stocks? <laughs> yeah. how, how are we, are we looking, uh, have we got a, another, um, another Stacey Jones coming out or have we, have we got, um, what's, what's Ranui like? I mean, some some of the best talent that's coming through the club in terms of juniors. Yeah, uh, we got there's a, there's a young kid that's just gone over to to Newcastle. He's been signed there for three years. He's on his last year. Amazing kid, amazing family. Um, uh, what's uh, what's his name? What's the kid's name? Uh, so his name's uh, Sam McIntyre. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's you know he his family would travel in from from the shore to play for Watamata. He oh. loves the club. Oh. Um, so he's you know he's got a he's got um one more signed year to kind of just you know show his, show what he's made of. And his and his, um, his family put so much in, in into uh, seeing him succeed. Um, so yeah, I hope he goes really well. There's a couple of amazing followers at the Roosters. So there's um, uh, gee, I'm trying to remember their last names now. But uh, Aso Aso Fritzen and uh, Nofahu White. Um, these two kids are amazing, man. Like um, yeah. I think Nofahu last year's tournament, he scored about 13 tries in five games. You know, like. That's stuff that you can't teach. Um, and he's physically doesn't look any different to any other player, but he's just, he's got a nose for the try line um, and he uses physically what he has really well, you know, so. Um, and these these are guys that unfortunately kind of, uh, you know, um, they're going to be gone from the club for at least a couple of years, hopefully. You know, they have enough good memories there that if in the future opportunity comes up, they can come back. We've seen it with uh, Point Chef. Yeah. Stacey Jones, followers like that who come back, you know, after their their professional career is finished, um, and that's all you can hope for. But um, in saying that, though, they're still they're still good local talent, um, and it's the guys that you know just love playing with their mates, um, and uh, those are the guys that you know gonna keep the club going forward. I, I saw this year um, we, um, the under 16s Was it under sixteens or under seventeens that were really that made the final? Uh, yeah, um, under sixteens, they they went pretty close. Eh? Yeah, uh, I think they they lost to Maris. They that's right in the in the semi, and Maris went on to win. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think uh, there was a game when one of their key players he got he got injured, and and uh, I think in the 
the major semi-final. Uh, so he went off and that, you know, they lost a bit of momentum from the game there. Uh, and I think it was, I think, extra time field goal, golden point. Yeah. It was the difference in the end. Um, and there's, yeah, I mean, there's there's another kid from there, St. Paul's, uh, Um I'm not even too sure if he's going to be in the country next year. He might be another kid that's going uh, going over to the Roosters as well. So these kids are amazing, man. Like, um, and New Ze- I think that's the problem for New Zealand is trying to keep all these players because it affects our local game in terms of the standard, but also to fix our clubs. So the the more and more kids that they leave New Zealand, not a lot of them are coming back. Yeah. Um, and once they're taking their, their experience of football, they're taking that away with them, which is affecting our local game, but also just the, the number of players that are leaving. It's hard to replace. Yeah. You know, well, so. it must be like a lot of them, they go and then when they don't, um, they don't, like the... Um, Rugby clear, uh, the rugby career doesn't, you know, eventually they don't make NRL, but they end up playing for mm-hmm. like country teams and all that. They we don't end up getting them back. They end up staying over there, right? Eh? In Australia, which is, which is unfortunate, eh? Is, is that what you? Yeah, yeah, of course. And I mean, I mean, even there, so it's like um, you can still play semi professionally. Yeah, yeah, so you can right. like four hundred dollars Australian a game. Uh, I mean, um, we can't kind of com- compete with that, yeah. and so you get to play the game you love. Um, a lot of times they're being provided work and jobs and then they get $400 a game bonus on top. Yeah. So, I mean, life's pretty good if, if you know, if that's you. So, you know, asking them to come back um, to, if you're lucky, maybe 50 bucks a game. <laughs> um, yeah. 50 bucks and uh, some garlic chips from up at the <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ranui yeah. food bar. <laughs> I keep it, was if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're lucky, yeah. yeah. And because yeah. not all the clubs can afford it. And, uh, I think that the danger is that if players' numbers keep going down, then our our local competition will suffer. And if our, if uh, if we start losing, because there's a lot of senior teams that default games, especially at the back end. If then if they're out of the running for championships and stuff, then players stop tuning up, stop going to training, stop playing games, and they end up defaulting games. So already we're struggling with our local game to to field senior teams, and if um, our club stop producing players then you know the clubs are going to close down and this you know that's that's a bit of a worry for your community you know um like you know you talked about point shiv and so point shiv they you know they they you know they had the bonus of of getting uh, Stacey Jones to come back and they had other you know but they've also got the backing of a millionaire you know you've they've got mm-hmm. the owner of Ortex he owns yeah. um he he owns um he also owns the warriors and he you know and and he practically runs them um, the point shift pirates, you know. I hope. I wish there was kind of like how the um, NBA or um, all these other clubs, um, American uh, sports teams, they have owners. Like you know, me and uh, my friend Henry, we always kind of track, but like you know, because we 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 have a um, a lot of syndicate, and I always tell him like the uh, you know the, um, you know besides doing all the young and the travel and that. I told him the first thing I'd do is I'd invest in uh, White Matter Seagulls. Oh, I'd, be, I'd become I'd become like a like a franchise owner, you know, and yeah. I'd get the best coach, I'd get, you know, I'd be getting, uh, because, like you are saying, like, they were, like, um, trying to keep all the, um, all the talent within uh, Ranui and that, I wish, like, other teams would kind of take that on, um, was there a danger in that? Like, I'll say, um, North, so Northcote's wealth, you know, because I know my friend, he's over at Northcote, but imagine all these other teams, if they had, um, owners come in and kind of, like, bankroll them, do you think, um, that would kind of um, help the New Zealand 
like the the community and the um New Zealand game in general because you're keeping all the you're what you're, you're propping up the the um the competition but you're also keeping your best players at home that trying to learn like they're, they're playing senior um, footy at an early age and, and they can stay in the competition I think you need to find the owner of that type of money too and, yeah and and if they will invest in in the seagulls uh, but um you know it's like it's like counting like how many out there that are really into league well how much well, how much do you think it would cost you like as a like so you, what, what are you putting aside you're putting um you're putting aside um play uh, match match payments um your um your cost for uh, your coaching staff on, on, on you know besides that because we've already talked about I said like mm. uh, petrol so you've got that as well that's non-taxable you know mm. Um, mm. and then you also want to put back into the club you know what I mean mm. and you probably want to recruit like a junior does why the matter um, league have a junior um, development um, officer yeah. or? Well, I mean we're, we're pretty lucky I mean it's not so much a, an officer but we got some we got some coaches. One of the coaches, and a reason why a lot of boys are going to Aussie is because uh, you know he's he's uh, he's really connected to the um, the club network over there. So um, and and he's able, I think uh, he's connected to also to the to the trainer of the MMT team or, or the Tongan. Sorry, the Tongan. Uh, what's <laughs> the, the resident what's team the now? I think I can't remember. team. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So like. Um, in terms of uh, the the network, and I mean, shucks, the cool thing now is that a lot of kids from Waitemata get get seen when you know, oh, shucks, so many kids we grew up with never yeah. got the opportunity to be seen That's by the, anyone. Well, that was one like you know, you always had these um, guys when you were like growing up, and you go, man, how come this guy isn't making the Auckland team? Or how, you know, um, there was so much talent. I remember that. Um, I think that year, I think the year that was above me, that was all. Um, Steve McCarthy and all those yeah. and Philly and all, all you know that team looked pretty rough but man they were you know you'd go watch the games and they were carving up you'd always wonder how come none of these guys are getting any shine you know and it, I mean I mean rugby league just like anything it's, it's down to networking you know and so a lot of coaches uh, they choose who they know so I remember one of the things some of our best talent was going to Australia but they're going too late so they're kind of going in their late teens and expecting just because they're good here to be kind of picked up over there but coaches have been working with players since they were 11, 13 over there. So they kind of stick to what they know. And that's what happens here with a, a lot of coaches. And it's not about they didn't, that our players aren't good enough. It's just they don't get seen and they're not known enough. So, But it's changed now where our, our community, and it's, it's having a different effect, whereas before they didn't get seen and, and given a pathway. Whereas now they got the pathway, but it's affecting our, our players. I think, you know, I think the question you asked about the, you know, um, the model of how rugby leagues delivered here. So we still operate primarily from a um, uh, committee. So it's kind of volunteers. Um, and so these are people who are deeply embedded in the club because they've been connected to it for, you know, for years or it's the, their family's been connected to it for generations. So, they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. But I think for rugby league to grow, uh, we need to recognise that rugby league as a, as a product is really popular to our community in particular, but also to a wider community. So if if there's people out there who want to invest in the game for nothing better than community development, you know, just to see communities. Because yeah. um, most of the rugby league communities, um, they're blue collar, struggle street. You know, they're just down to earth, sort of the earth people. You know, so they, they, they don't have a lot of money. But if someone out there has money and wants to invest in the community and see it grow, not just through the game, but 
uh, in terms of opportunities of how people see see themselves and what they they're worth uh, in life. Then yeah, shucks come through and invest in the community, not just the mm. game, not just the team, but invest in the community. That yeah. Has there been like any campaign trying to get um, small businesses around the area, local small businesses, to get involved and sponsor or get involved and put money together to help the club or anything like that? Um, I think there's there is talk. Um, I'm not too sure about um, the the business input, but there has been talk from from uh, Auckland Rugby League to make the game semi-professional. So so what that looks like is kind of like when rugby went professional with Super Rugby. Mm. Um, you have franchises and you allocate a budget and each each franchise gets that budget, a piece of that budget. So Auckland Rugby League's talked about that. Um, they've made some structure, uh, structural changes to the competition now. So before, it used to be that if you lost, you went, you dropped down the division in the Fox, from the Fox to the Shaman. And if you won the Shaman, you went up. Whereas now, they've, they've structured it so that any year, at least four teams can go from second division um, if they play well enough. That's, that's mean. Yeah, hard, yeah, yeah, hard. yeah. You know, so... So a team like Watsamata now has more opportunity, four or you know four times the opportunity to go up than than what they so previously Fox, had. Yeah. yeah, and um and you had fellas like um, Matty Roar, you know, yeah, Watamata's uh, favorite son, you know, <laughs> the hitman, the hitman. Yeah, yeah, came back and coached at the club, and and the amount of energy and interest and in, and in just uh, financial support his presence was able to bring back to the club was massive. So I mean, Hamilawaki, you know, yeah. he's a he's a, a Watamata junior. Uh, his brother Sione played a few games for the juniors as well um, and there's more juniors running around now in the scene and a lot of them that are coming back uh, unfortunately are coming back to um, or unfortunately for Watermata but you know fortunately for the New Zealand game they're coming back to like Fox teams yeah. so it's just a matter of Watermata doing it a bit to get into the Fox to then create the pathway for these players to come back and play for the neighbourhood you know when you talk about um, how a lot of communities are like uh, they uh, revolve around the league club I kind of think of um, teams like um, Papakura, like the, um, the Seagulls, like, you know, you see the support they have. And when you go out there to watch the games, it's it's not just the team, the whole community's on, you know, and, and they follow them too. You're like, I went and watched uh, the Fox final when they played uh, the Manurero Marlins. Mm-hmm. I went with my um, brother Kololo and his wife because um, his brother-in-law was playing for Riwa. And it was like one side, you know, one side was Manurewa, one side, and I was like, it's like the whole of Papakura. <laughs> they just came down the middle way um, and, and supported their team. But like uh, when I talked to um, my friend, um, to Henry, and then when he comes back and they've been out to Kura, like he just says like the whole community, the vibe, you know, everyone that's, because that's the only, that's the, that's the only local team they have, eh? So mm. everyone puts yeah. in, like everyone, it's a, it's a community thing. Is it like that up here? You know, that's what I'm saying to Rob. Is that do you get the same? Is why the matter at nearly at this stage? Are we getting there? Is uh, our community falling in? Or? Yeah, I think just like any any uh, thing, when they when they success, you know, it, it creates energy, yeah, and then people come around it. And so, I mean, we're, we're unfortunately we had a we had a couple of um, close seasons in terms of being able to um, uh, you know try and get into the fox. Um, fell short. I think the closest we got was uh, semi final. Um, and it was against Bay Ross School at uh, Mount Smart number two, and shucks the 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 support of the community coming behind it, you know, it was massive. And all you could hear was "Why don't matter support." We lost the game, but um, you know, like uh, the community was, you know, was was really there, um, supporting and really proud of for the boys' achievements uh, from that season. So yeah, we had a couple of good seasons. Community came in really strong behind it, um, and you know, there's a good masters network of the fellas who you know been there through the 
uh, for the generations the kids have played there. Um, you know, they're still there holding the bar up. Um, and that, you know, and that's and that's the old model I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, still relying on take over the bar yeah. after a, a Saturday game and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So it's, oh. it's just making sure that the clubs, you know, kind of retain all of those those good things about yeah. about the uh, the game and the club. Uh, but make sure we're moving forward into the future in terms of trying to, you know, grow, grow as a game, grow as a community. Oh, I was just gonna say it sounds like rugby league's really struggling in New Zealand. Um, I think yeah, and uh, and I think probably the NRL they got some uh, yeah they need to take some responsibility and I think they they did a little while ago so they they invested in some junior development programs here mm. um, through New Zealand Rugby League. Um, I think that might have changed now, so I'm not too sure if they're still they're still offering some coin to um, New Zealand Rugby League, but they definitely because they're getting so much talent from here and that's being nurtured for the junior grades and. You know, there's no compensation to, to New Zealand Rugby League for that, but it's coming at a cost to to our games in terms of, I'm not like I said, not a lot of these players coming back. So, if um, yeah, I guess if NRL can acknowledge that and compensate New Zealand Rugby League for for or, that loss of talent, yeah, or or compensate a club, you know, like say a player's registered for a club, and they uh, the Roosters sign them, they, the club should be compensated as well. Instead of would that help? You know, would that model work? Do you think that would work? Like the more guys coming out of White Matter, every time the one team signs them, they they try and like they kick back a bit of money as well. Yeah. You know, because like you're saying, a lot of guys get recruited out of um, you know, starting to get recruited out of White Matter, aren't they? Yeah, no, for sure. And like um, like uh, players that they leave our club in, in New Zealand, another New Zealand club club has to pay whatever oh, yeah, yeah. the club I've, asks. I've but if they go yeah. to Australia. Yeah, there's no anything. transfer fee yeah. or anything, fee. eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. And you could have, that, that player could have, not just from Waitemere, but that player could have come from a, a, a local New Zealand club, played there all their years until they were um, 18, 20 even, um, go to an Australia club and never come back and kind of get no, no, no um, compensation for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess it's just, um, I don't think the game's struggling. It's struggling number-wise. But the heart and enthusiasm for rugby league is as strong as it's ever been, mm. you know. So, um, in terms of the passion for the game, there's you know there's no, no struggle there. But in terms of uh, the numbers of people playing rugby league yeah. and the numbers of people leaving New Zealand to play rugby league, that's that's the struggle. Yeah. Mm. Do you think another thing is um, like um, Ranui is just a small area, but you've got you've got two clubs there. You know what I mean? You've got the Waitemata Rugby. Yeah. Which is, you know, they've if anything about what about rugby? They've always punched above their weight, and it's always been all the local boys. You know, you you think of um, all the guys that came out of Ranui, like the Singies and and Sunny and and Mal and all those guys mm. and Bama and all those mm. dudes. You imagine those guys if there wasn't that rugby team and they were thinking, oh, we're going to go back, we're going to play rugby league. Imagine yeah. those guys back in the day, and they they did, you know, they dabbled, you know, you see all those boys. They used to play league, but. You know, because White Matter, I think, is White Matter Rugby. That's one of the stalwarts of um, Auckland Rugby. A eh? like they're one of the they've been around for you know, nearly hundred yeah. years or something crazy like that. Eh? Yeah. And yeah. Um, they got the history too. They got the, yeah. they got the history. They've got the championships. You know, so there's there's a lot of pride and and things at uh, White Matter Rugby yeah. that um, you can you know you can easily you know uh, buy into and connect to. Uh, White Matter's had um, in its fifty. 
52 years of existence, 53 years of existence has had uh, one premiership to their to their name. Um, and they've come close a couple of other times. But um, yeah, so they, they don't quite have the, the, the prestige of the, the rugby club, but they definitely got the, um, the people and the passion. And I think the other thing too is rugby is still the number one sport in, in New Zealand. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, but so any young kid, you know, growing up in Ranui, you know, they're, they're inundated with images of, you know, successful all black teams. Yeah. So you have to really love rugby league mm-hmm. to kind of turn away from that, you know. Well, I think the what Wadi Mata Rugby has, uh, it's got the, probably the greatest, one of the greatest rugby players of all time happens to come come from Wadi Mata Rugby, you know. So, you know, she, Michael helps. Jones, you know, yeah, the Iceman, yeah. bro. That's enough, <laughs> you know, that's enough for any kid. You know, growing up, like, man, Michael Jones used to play there. Oh, yeah, you know, if you're an aspiring flanker or something, you hear that and, like, yeah. yeah. All, black, uh, all black coach John Hart. John Hart, yeah, 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 yeah. Lee Stenson has played there. That's right. And then when Sione, you know, Sione Lawaki came through, that's you know, right. and yeah. that was another big selling point that would have matter had, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. So, so I think, I mean, and even just in terms of what um, the network of rugby union as well, you know, there's a, uh, a little bit more money <laughs> in rugby union. Just a tad. You know, so you can, yeah, there's certain, yeah, certain things you can do to kind of just make the environment a little bit more enticing, yeah, you know. So, and that's, that's no knock on rugby. But I think, yeah, it's a good point. You make two two clubs, there's heaps of talent in the in the neighbourhood, um, but maybe not enough to for two successful teams at yeah. the same time. Well, I yeah. think like uh, when you think of, um, we talk about that, like another example is like um, Pontonby. So you've got the Pontonby Rugby Club and they're the, they're the true powerhouse in Auckland rugby, and you've got Ponsonby Rugby League, and it kind of mirrors the wider matter, yeah. the wider matter rugby rugby league mirrors the Ponsonby as well, because Ponsonby is another, like another club that's um, that they play. Um, is it Phelan? Also, one that uh, used to play the Shaman. Yeah, Shaman, yeah. yeah. So they're Shaman as well, eh? Like it's yeah. kind of funny, like you know, these other two clubs, you know, they're the same. They've got the same name, but they kind of mirror the same kind of kind yeah. of success as well, eh? Oh, for sure. And I think, um, and I guess, I mean, the, the other struggle for, for Ponsonby is that they're a central city. You know, so in terms of the, the rugby league community, it's kind of moved out of the central city. Yeah. Uh, Richmond, Richmond, rugby, uh, Richmond Bulldogs is the exception because they they got so many loyal families to their club. So they're living in South Auckland, West Auckland, all over Auckland, except for Central, um, and driving in, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, um, to still be part of the club there. And, Point Shea probably doesn't. Oh, sorry, um, Ponsonby probably doesn't have that same kind of loyal base, it, and they've got the history too. They yeah, got massive pedigree in rugby league. But yeah, yeah. Like, um, what were they they were called um City Newton or no? Yeah. City Newton was a, their own standalone as well, eh? Yeah. So that was uh, Stacey Jones and all those guys, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. So I think he's always been um Point Shea, but there okay. was a City Point Shea, which oh, was okay. a combined team back in one of the Super League phases. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, was it Barakar or one of those? Uh, or the earlier ones? I think there's an earlier. Yeah, I think an earlier one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, it's not a team that had the games in the uh, Victoria Park, Victoria Park Market. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Victoria yeah. Park. They, was, still have, they still have the eight points to be league still based there. Still based oh, yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, but it used to be the the home ground of the City Newton Dragons. Mm. Yeah. Oh. So, and they, I think at, at one point they even had more championships than uh, Mount Albert. But I think Mount Albert's you know since surpassed it. Yeah. Uh, the Lions, damn it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, shucks, there's, there's, um, yeah, I mean, and City Newton, you know, they they don't exist anymore. Yeah, you know? and that's the same thing. Just the player base from the central cities all moving out. 
It's pretty sad. But just to anyone that's listening out there, if you happen to be a millionaire, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Rob Lucy here. Uh, we come and sponsor the White Matter Seagulls. You know, I'm sure our fresh choice can only carry us so much. So, <laughs> can only have so many sausage sizzles outside fresh choice for. But yeah, I mean, I mean, shucks, we've been really lucky with sponsorship. Uh, um, you know, the last few years, you know, with Fresh Choice coming into the community, yeah, you know, well, that's been a big bonus, eh? Yeah, man, they they've come on board, and then you got your, um, you know, the guys that have uh, come through the club uh, as players and um, uh, still connected as as masters and, and club supporters. Uh, so Drinko, that's uh, a business from one of the the, the masters. Uh, yeah, they're one of the the loyal sponsors as well. So yeah. Um, but like you say, man, if there's a millionaire out there and you want to invest in a good <laughs> club right. and some good people, hard yeah, out. Why don't matter? See, go is definitely yeah, the man. way to go, man. Take it to the top <laughs> to get some serious recruitment going on, eh? But <laughs> <laughs> well, Andrew Jones is playing for the Seagulls. That'll be so funny, yeah. Like you just see the most, the oddest convo, eh? Well, Paul Gallen. You know, there's all these guys that you dislike, but you'd, you'd want to go and, you know, get these kind of guys into the club, man. How amazing yeah. would that be? Just one big name, you know, <laughs> one big signing to get there and, and just get people to turn out. Ah, for sure. But I mean, shucks, we had the, the Newcastle, I think, under 16s. They came in uh, earlier in the year and, and played a game against the, primarily a Waitamata side, but um, they, they were able to bring in players from other uh, clubs to play the Newcastle team. And you can see it's 16 years old. These Newcastle players, chucks, they're just on another level. Eh? Just well-drilled? or Well-drilled physically. I mean, it's almost like I'm watching the Warriors play, you uh, know, in terms of just their organisation yeah. and everything. And they're just, and this is in our park at Ranui Domain. Go oh, to Ranui yeah. Domain. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, that was a massive, uh, massive coup for our our club to be able to host host their team here. Uh, yeah, we were really fortunate as well when they had the NRL nines in Auckland. We, uh, I think we hosted the Storm, Newcastle Knights. Did the community turn up for that? How was yeah, the, what no, was it the was massive, oh, okay. It was massive. So, especially when the Storm, I think Panthers and uh, Cronulla came. Yeah. Cronulla came the year after they just won the premiership as oh. well. So, three clubs all on one one afternoon. Um, yeah, people came out, you know, and, and drove. So, I think we had about a, uh, a couple of thousand people come out that yeah. day, you know, from all over. To um, come and see the heroes and stuff. I think Tama would have been happy uh, with the Panthers <laughs> being there, and I, I, I think um, if you're around Rui, um, if, if you know about Matt Rua, I guess the storm would be you'd kind of have a kind of like a soft spot for them, eh? Because you know, you know Matt Rua. You when you think of uh, Waito, you know, it's funny his, when you go into the Waitemata uh, club rooms and you look up for all the New Zealand representatives. Man, there's a there's a one the the lone wolf there, eh? You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, you know. It's, and it's funny because like there, there's been more like Daryl Williams. I yeah. don't know if you remember him. He used yep. to play for Manly back in the yeah. day, uh, which is why you know so many so many New Zealand uh, people of particular generation, you know, the older generation, they still support Manly because yeah. they had yeah, so no. many Kiwi players in yeah, it. Yeah. You know, um, and he was one of the first players to to represent. Um, so he's from their club. Oh, is he from Wadamata? Yeah, he's from Wadamata. <laughs> Um, what about Joe Fuyaba? Do you remember? This? Oh, mate. <laughs> Mighty Joe Fuyaba. <laughs> the guy, yeah, he's a legend. Uh, hey, this kind of representatives, mate. Bro, hard, but like, <laughs> yeah, nah, man. But like, uh, so I think that's one of the things we've, we've always talked about at the club is making sure that we, we celebrate our, our, our successes, our successes yeah. yeah, and trying to put those up. So I think with social media, it's a little bit easier, but ideally, you know, one day we want to be able to present it, you know, on the club, club room walls and stuff. Um, 
Yeah, because like I said, there's heaps, man. There's heaps. You know, um, with the um, with the facilities there, um, at Waitemata, the club rooms and that, it hasn't. It's pretty much remained unchanged from the times that you know we used to play, and that was in the mid '80s. Um, who, um, where's the main funding come uh, for the um, for the rugby club? Like, if you wanted to get a facelift, if you wanted to. Uh, change. Um, we wanted the place to have a facelift, but would you get the majority of the funding? Of course, you'd have the fundraise. But does the Auckland Rugby um, League help out at some point, or is there, is there quite an m- amount of money that comes from them? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So I think uh, Auckland Rugby League play paid for um, uh, replacing of the roof because you oh, know okay. it was you know it's starting to leak a bit. And and what about seagulls is kind of unique in the sense that. Uh, the community built their club room back in the days. Yeah, and they had massive visions for it. And I think that's really only the first phase of it. Oh, so yeah, we have so, yeah. And it kind of didn't really get to the next phases because <laughs> of Starling Park. So back in the days before Starling Park was even there, um, the softball club used to be based at Ranui Domain, mm. uh, along with Nepal and um, you know some other um, teams as well. So I think there was the original vision. And then when they realised, like, oh, shucks, we can't house all of this here. That's when, you know, moves came for Starling Park to become what yeah. it is now. And then, you know, Starling Park being kind of place where it is, being more open and visual to, you know, yeah. people when they're driving by, ended up kind of ticking over as the the more famous park, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. You, you because can, it's it's kind of more centralised, like you can park, there's, you know, there's three, four different places that you can park, but why the matter, there's only, the domain is only one way in, one way out, one you know? Way, yeah. It's behind all the houses too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's hidden but from the, hidden from the main road. And yeah, yeah, and it's, and the direction to get to um, Starling Park, you know, quite easy, you just go mm. along, uh, mm. so it's a road turn right down, why the matter drive? Yeah. And, you know, well, that's the other way. But yeah, see that's, see, like in, you just said, like how, um, the difference between Ranoi domain, if you go look at Starling Park now, you know, you like, I'm very fortunate. Uh, I live um, just uh, <laughs> on a starting place. But if you look at it, like if you took away, like if you like drop someone in the middle there and they got to walk around, you'll be man. Is this? Are we in the middle of um, Central? You know, is this? Uh, are we in Mount Roskill or something? Because of the, the the quality of you know they've got that um, artificial turf, uh, the club rooms. Um, they've got the softball pitch as well. Yeah. You know that's that's what. Potentially, you know what Ranui domain could be. You know, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and I think um, in terms of Starling Park, I mean, it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, I don't know if you remember when the the old softball club burned down. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know why I'm laughing, but uh, I think that helped the yeah, arrival of the new club. Yeah, that's know? what so I mean. Not that I'm trying to get anyone to burn down the seagulls. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I think you know that that gave the opportunity yeah. for people to start talking about um, a new club, and then the idea around that developed, and also the soccer club. Um, you know, so having two clubs in the one venue, you yeah. know, that allowed for for a bigger facility and that, um, and then all of those other things about the artificial turf and all of that. You know, that just comes on the back end yeah. of, of all of that stuff. But I think everything about parks in Ranui, you know, probably Starling Park is the is the heart of yeah. you know if you if you're thinking about a park and as a venue that's you know that's the one that people you know comes to their mind yeah, yeah. the basketball court man that was fierce <laughs> you know yeah, so, yeah. um so heaps of basketball legends from there and you know, they've built a new park out at the bank of birdwood yeah um, and that's a mean like I've, I've i've gone and i've um, played there a few times 
Yeah, no, it's and that's a solid that's fun. really nice, you know. You know? Yeah. But the kind of thing is like you have to actually tell people, like yeah. when I'm like, you know, oh, we'll, we'll just drive down there, and they're like, are, are we going to be safe? Yeah, no, no, trust no. me, the flash houses next to it. You know, this is um, you know, this is uh, this is Ranui Heights. You know, they, <laughs> they don't like to be just singular Ranui. They have to chug on the heights at the end. And give it a bit of <laughs> but then, you know, that was one thing I didn't get. Like they they made that park right at the back there by Bidwell, and they put that um, basketball court, that real flash ass basketball court. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have thought, well, re- should replace the one that's starting park to that flash basketball court. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You know like, how come they didn't that? do that? How well, come they didn't how, do that? How come you know, when Spark done those um, all those basketball courts, like they were gonna. How come they didn't like Ranui? What is the perf- starting place? Is the perfect place to put those kind of courts? You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I see yeah. the the one three five um, videos. I see all the kids playing basketball there, yeah. and I'm like, imagine if that was a clear backboard, mm. and how much, how many more kids we would have coming and just staying up, out, staying up instead of going out and mucking around. They've they got they they've got free courts or something to go and just ball all day because that would that would have been my dream. Yeah, spot you know. Ah, for sure. And I think, uh, so I think there was five courts that Spark were doing, and you had to. There was a campaign you had to develop around it. And yeah. I think yeah. um, they got Stephen Adams in to, yeah. um, to promote it. Yes. And and the whole thing was about it. They're gonna have um internet on on those courts, so that's they're gonna right. have a screen, yeah, TV screen, replay, and show the other courts around Auckland. Oh, oh no, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. there's all Wi Fi, free Wi Fi, like coming off the backboard and stuff. Yeah, and, and I then, think yeah, I mean that's the. Uh, I guess a, a missed opportunity in the sense that you know obviously the, you know communities have to kind of mobilize and, and try and build a campaign around it and yeah maybe it's probably just something we just slept on you know didn't really kind of heard it didn't really catch the you know Realize, the, yeah. the ears so just oh yeah whatever whatever but um I think uh Avondale so they you know Riversdale that's probably like yeah. the styling park for Avondale yeah mm. um and when they got one of the courts um they actually uh, chopped the hoops down at uh, Riversdale oh yeah. I guess to make people go to the new park, you know, oh, because okay. it, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, um, which you know, I, I think it's not really a good, good thing, you know, it's no, like no. don't try and move the people, it's that's just right, like, you know, like build around the people kind of thing, you know, so and that's yeah, that's the thing with Styling Park is that, um, the court that they built out at, 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 uh, at the back of Birdwood, um, there's no reason why you can't have one there and one here, you know, instead of trying to push everyone to, mm. to yeah. one place, yeah, because the, the other thing too is that. There's a new community that's developing around that park. Mm. So, you know, if, you, if you're cynical and you're thinking, and you think, oh, okay, see, that park's for the new community. That's it. They haven't arrived yeah. yet. But, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, 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 and honestly, I've been, like, so, I've, so I went out to, with the kids, I went out with my brother's kids, and we, you know, and we played basketball. And because they've got that little, like, um, the little jungle gym kind of thing where, they, you know, you can climb up and slide, you know, um, it's perfect. It's perfect for kids. There's the BMX track. And I was like, oh, I might just go and check out these houses, you know, across the road. And you go, man, it's like you're a Palomino. You know what I mean? Like up yeah. at um, Henderson Heights and that. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figure out why this, uh, this uh, nice little fancy park and all that's here because, you know, um, you're going to cater to this um, community now. And, and those are really, really um, nice houses. So it's funny when you – if you get if you go through um you know you always get those magazines I mean the they come in the paper and it's the real estate stuff and that when you see houses that are for sale in Ranui, you know you'll see the the familiar names like Bahari and Aradella and that so you know those streets and then you'll come across the street where you're like hey it's, it says it'll say see something really odd and like man I've lived in um I've lived in Ranui for forty years and I've never heard of the street and then you kind of follow it up and it's in that new um subdivision eh True. and then you see that how much those prices are 
So you see the old houses, the ones that are in Aradala and Bahari, and they, you know they're in they're in the late six hundreds and all that. And then these other houses, you know, and you look at them, you know straight away like this. There's houses that are for sale in that part of Ranui, like eight hundred, eight hundred fifty thousand, you know, and and that's kind of like how you were saying um, earlier, how um, it's changing. Like um, you know, you if, like if they want us, they want us to sell up now, eh? Because mm. yeah. they don't like you know, it's kind of well, some kind of form of gentrification, eh? They want us to to get out of Ranui because it's you know Ranui. If you think about it. All it takes is a five-minute drive up to um, Lincoln Road and you're on the motorway, you know what I mean? So mm. we've got easy access to, to the motorway. We can go back and forth. So that's a, you know, that's a selling point. And you know, they'd want us to sell up and then move further out or move out south or, or somewhere. Because you can, you can kind of see the face of Ranui changing. Do you see that, Rob? Do you see how Ranui's yeah. kind of changing a yeah. bit? Yeah, uh, definitely. I think, um, I mean, you know, usually you have to go into Fresh Choice to kind of see, you know, different mm. faces. and that. Uh, <clears throat> but then, you know, um, fresh choice service, not just Ryan, we serve Swanson and then as well. Right, it's you Swanson know, and Wasakere, mm. you know. So, you know, chances are, you know, it's you're just getting a, a wider network of people shopping in Ryan, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, um, uh, and especially once they started building those new homes, uh, what is it, Babbage Heights and that, uh, yeah, I think it's like a million dollars for a house up there, you know. You know, so if you go down the bottom of um, Camphora and you look up towards Messi, the hill. Used yeah. to be all bush and trees. Yeah. Now it's yeah. all houses. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or if it's not houses, the trees are busted down and just making way for houses. Making way for houses. Yeah. 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 It's all clear there. And I guess I mean, and that's all good, you know, because people need homes. You know, we've got yeah. a homeless situation in New Zealand. <coughs> yeah. But uh, but these know, houses aren't we'll be catering to them. Though, no, right? exactly. No. You know, so are they going to be affordable homes? Mm. Um, the other thing too is like, do we have the infrastructure to support or the the growth? Yeah. You know, so it's hard enough to get to the motorway as it is when you're going down Lincoln Road. Eh? You know, yeah. so. Um, and then you got all this new traffic coming down from Massey and uh, uh, West Harbour and Northwest. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so in terms of um, the pressure that puts on the existing infrastructure, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. So yeah. it'd be good for places like Henderson because you know they're, they're struggling a little bit at the moment in terms of the CBD. Yeah, it might be an opportunity for growth for those areas yeah. where people are frustrated trying to get to the motorway. They might just you know go local. Yeah. Um, because we know up at Northwest, you know, that's built for the community that's going to be built yeah, up there eventually. Yeah, you know, so. Well, there's new shops in there around the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All so. the new housing development out there. Eh? Is that, so, because I know we've got a few friends, um, they stay out in um, Huapai and um, all those areas, like um, Tana stays out there, um, um, my good friend Stuart. And um, they've all. It's funny when you when you, they said it to us a couple of years ago, we're like, oh man, that's, that's far. You know, why are you moving all the way out there? You go out there and you see how easy it is to go back and forth. You're like, oh, it, it really is a viable option. Eh? And the houses there are really, they're really nice too. Yeah. But how many of us, you know, from are going to move from Ranui out to, you know, ideally going to move out to um, those kind of places as well? You know? Yeah, and, and I think even just socially, I think there's some lessons that we can learn, you know, from, so we've already, you know, moved out from city centre. Uh, into central Auckland and, and kind of missed the opportunity there you know so it's like I guess for the challenges for us now is like okay sweet, what do we learn from this situation yeah. how can we um, you know like uh, not make a similar mistake yeah. uh, so if there's going to be more people you know moving in around our community um, and we know there's some empty store sh- storefronts in um, Henderson CBD yeah. that's a perfect time to start thinking about okay sweet how can I um, you know uh make the best out of the situation you know so 
I think one of the things for our people as well is that we're kind of still um, chasing money. You know, in terms of around me chasing money, we're we're looking for work all the time. But I think, uh, especially now, especially for young people, really, they they're really bold in trying to yeah. create their own income, uh, income create their own lane. You know, so uh, so I think uh, in terms of what's happened in the past, you know, there's some good lessons there for us in terms of making sure that we hold on to what we have. And uh, you know, not make the same mistakes of, of cashing in for a short-term gain, because the the real estate in Ranu is going to be up the roof soon. Yeah. You know? So, um, and that's just because if you look at gentrification models all around, mm. the same thing happens. People cash up, take the short-term gain. New people uh, move in and change the change the neighborhood. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, yeah. like I think um, I think Eric was telling me last week, but we've had it. Um, so at the bottom of my street, um, you remember where the um, Salanoas used to? If you yeah. remember the Jeremy Salano and that and his family? Um, they they had a massive section, so there was probably one of the, so their section and our section at the top of the street were two of the biggest sections. And what they've done now is, um, whoever bought the place, I'm not too sure if they did or and so they moved the house and they've built three two story houses on that one. Um, on that one on space, the one plot. The yeah, one yeah, plot. So, yeah. I did. It's at the end, it's at the bottom of the street, so easy access, easy to get out. But the thing is, like, well, like, okay, then we, me and Tom, we kind of looked online and how much they were selling for, and they were like, I can't remember if it was. It was about eight hundred, eight hundred thousand, and two of them already been sold, man. Damn. But they're not being, you know, I, I'm not, you know, but I, I don't think they're being bought by. Um, hopefully, it's some island families or something. But you know. Um, yeah, it's- Who's buying these houses? Like, who's making the money? Who's making the profit off these, eh? And, and, yeah, and I think the one thing, the challenge for Randui is this transitional community, you know? So, uh, we've had some good people come into the community and be either renting or, you know, they're like, um, they're coming in and they can't stay because of work, you know, or not being able to find work close by. So, um, the the thing for me with with these these uh, these new homes, because, man, there's no, there's no yard... There's no, um, yeah. there's no, hardly any space between the buildings, you know, and so that's an investor's um, project there, you know, like mm. uh, for me, it's like who would build their house that way that you can look out the the window and smell your neighbor's fart, <laughs> kind of thing, you know. <laughs> you're so, washing your dishes and no, watching right, someone yeah. in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? And, and I know, um, I think they're in Scarlet, so there was some some petition from from some yeah. of the neighbors. It's I think, what, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, three story building, three story building, you know, like in, in Scarlet Drive. So you got the you got the original housing there. Standing next to this three-story building, it's gonna affect their sunlight, everything. It's, you know, so, yeah. so I think, I think there, there needs to be. We need houses, but I think there needs to be some some social responsibility about yes. about what kind of type of homes are built, because you want people to be warm and dry, but you also want them to have access to grass. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, stuff so, like that. You know, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, kind of what's happening and running. Uh, I've noticed, yeah, especially Bahari, yeah. there's, there's a lot of that happening. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Yeah. Like this, so the one at the top of the street, there's the one uh, next to Mark, Mark Favai's place in the yeah. middle there. Mm-hmm. And then there's one at the bottom of my street. And it's funny, like you see it, like when we used to drive past every day, I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. And then like, you know, just like that, three houses and, and then we see the signs go up and two already sold. You know, it's kind of, but it's also a reflection of the housing market now and like people are willing to forego that dream of having you know the white picket fence mm. with the dog in the big mm. backyard and all that because it's not it's not feasible you know for yeah. for most people yeah. you know, so we're fortunate you know in Ranui like uh, we still have our backyards and we still have you know you know we still have our houses you know it's you know that's what we're trying to like you're saying 
uh, what we're trying to hold on. I don't, you know, people to say it all the time, but I, I don't see myself leaving Ranui. You know, it is, you know, it's part of who I am, and I'm just, you know, and I'm. It's just watching Ranui change. You know, um, you know, with in saying that, like, are you seeing a difference with the with the people that that are coming in, the renting and all that? How has it affected um, the kids, or like you know the like you know has uh, has there been a spike in in like like violence, or has it been, or has it been like has it gone down? Like you know, with your work in the community and that. Yeah, I think um, I don't know if it's a spike. <laughs> you know, I think um, I mean, especially you know, in terms of uh, young people these days, I think they have a lot more access to to um, on the minute information, you know, so like uh, um, they're able to, you know, like back when we were young, like for example, if you if you went to a, a party and pissed your pants, everyone at that party knows about it, and you and then you're like uh, on the Monday after the weekend, you're like, oh shucks, if I go to school, everyone's gonna know this, and when you when we said everyone, that's maybe like maybe a hundred people, maybe yeah, if we're yeah. lucky. So how how old are you when that happens? <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, oh. this is a scenario. Yeah, yeah, scenario, scenario. <laughs> yeah. Oh, on behalf of my mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, but, um, you know, so like, uh, just, you know, it's such a different world now. So like with kids, if someone gets called out uh, on social media, thousands of people see it, you know, and if it's if it's interesting, you know, it's tens of thousands of people see it within minutes, you know, or hours. So like... Um, and there's a photo of it. Yeah, I have a photo yeah, of like, a like screenshot. Like, no, like like that. you were saying, eh, like yeah. uh, like if you pissed your pants and that, and you go to school, it's only that little circle away, mm. and so you're the news is only confined to that, yeah. and you know there's no chance of of um, Dave over at um, Papakura knowing anything about who uh, our so-called friend pissing his pants because it'll just be you know us just you know having a laugh at school and that. Yeah. But now, like you're saying. All it takes is one photo, and you're either going to be uh, famous or infamous. You know, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be a meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then you piss your pants. Yeah. Oh, what's the other one? Um, okay, boomer. Yeah, see that <laughs> one. Yeah, like, yeah, you know? yeah. So, um, but yeah, like, I think so. Like in terms of you know, like uh, the violence, there's there's more things to kind of encourage it. You know, so like um, right now with social media, you can call someone out. Everyone can see it. And then everyone's going to be looking to you, how you're going to respond. And because you're at that stage of life as a young person, you know, in terms of adolescence, you know, your, your resilience isn't as strong. Yeah. And you're like, man, if I didn't go and show up, man, I would be able to walk off pride <laughs> no, on no, Monday. No, no, okay. yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. so, like, yeah, I think, uh, so there's that stuff. But then I think also socially, so I think a, a lot of our families are struggling. And so that makes them susceptible to, uh, um, uh, you know, trying to look elsewhere to fulfill their needs. So, you know, especially if you're on the gram all the time and you're seeing like, oh, okay, I gotta have, have these kicks, I gotta have this bling, I gotta have these clothes. Um, you know, there's a fast way to make some money. You know, and that just plays right into the hands of you know some, uh, some things like gangs and stuff like that. And and it's not to say that they weren't there before, but the the desire to have access to them is a lot higher mm. than it used to be. Or oh, that's my that's my experience. You know, so the it's just basic human development in terms of you know if you understand basic needs so if, if a kid got somewhere to sleep and and food in their stomach then that's mm. you know that's that's they're, they're sweet um if they're connected to people if they've got family around them if they've got good friends good social network then you know they're even sweeter and then 
in terms of then wanting to have opportunities to give back and feel like they belong to like a, a bigger picture. So, for example, I think that's why so many people connect to Ihumatau uh, and what's happening out there because through social media, we can hear some some sound bites about social injustice and we can connect to that as a young person. Can, oh, man, I'm going to stand up for that because that's wrong. And we might not know the whole context behind it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we know that social social justice is connected to it. And I think, I think that's how young people think these days. They, they catch on to little bits and pieces of or things that grab their attention and they go into it a hundred percent. Whether it's a good thing or a negative thing, it's a hundred percent. You know, so um, you know they had the the big fight down in uh, Mission Bay in the weekend, um, and uh, I think it was a hundred kids from South Auckland schools and some West Auckland schools. It's made out to be a you know our media they spin it, turn it into a Western South thing. Kind of was, but you know they make it sound worse than it is. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden it's alcohol fueled. Um, and, and I think last week government has just talked about um, raising the price on alcohol as a deterrent for some of the alcohol harm related incidents and stuff like that so and that's an opportunity for me to say oh yeah sweet government has said this let's reinforce it by saying these young people are drinking too much and that's why they're having these fights but the, the fact that they're having fights has nothing to do with the alcohol the alcohol encourages it helps uh, it, um, fuel the situation but well, it gives it a bit of a liquid liquid courage as well you know these guys are going to half of the half in because well, I'm going to score this because I've already recommitted to this you know yeah hard hard you know and so you know like um, I think for yeah for young people these days the the, the key to to a lot of their resilience or having resilience is just knowing who they are you know so uh, and that's been a challenge for our generation we come to uh, we're the first generation of um, Pacific migrants eh? you know so yeah. we grow up confused about gee are we trying to do things the way we or <laughs> yeah. we trying to do things the island way I'm yeah. not sure because you're beating me up for not doing things the island way yeah, yeah. and you're beating me up for doing things the Palangi way oh, I'm confused <laughs> man you know so, and I think we're able to grow through that and our experience is able to help yeah. you know, the next generation yeah. be proud of you be proud of their heritage yeah. you know um, yeah. that it's a, it's a strength not a not a weakness say, or a distraction you know it's like being who you are is really important so I think in terms of uh, young people the, the more comfortable they are in their skin, the better they know themselves, then they're not susceptible to, uh, you know, some of the um, distractions around um, responding to, to, you know, being called out or wanting to have the right gears or whatever just to turn up to a place. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does no, that's perfect. Yeah. That, that no, it awesome. makes sense. Makes that's sense awesome, man. You know, um, with your work, um, so how did... How did that come? How did that come about? Why, why, why the? Um, I know you have a passion for runway, like we all do, but um, what made you think? And I really want to put back into my community and start something. Um, so what? Because it's called it's called um, Project One Three Five, or what's your? Uh, our runway One Three Five. Runway One Three Five. Yeah. What, what's the action project thing? Runway action. Yeah. Project. So what's? Yeah. So so back in the day. So when I say back in the day, was it was like maybe nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Um, the government has identified five communities around New Zealand that are struggling. So back then, the, what the census was saying for, for Ranui was that our young people were the uh, the most likely in all of Auckland to go to jail, the most likely, sorry, West Auckland, most likely in all of West Auckland to go to jail, most likely in all of West Auckland to fail school, 
uh, come out with no qualifications, go into unemployment. So these are the this, yeah. So what, what part of Rabu? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because you know. But I know how it's a serious topic. But I mean, what, where, where, nine, right? who was the government? Who was the government? <laughs> yeah. Who was in charge? Uh, nine, uh, nine. I think Helen Clark. No, Helen Clark. No, no, I think that might have been. I think yeah, yeah. But but Helen Clark. So so her response to that was like um. She's identified communities like Ranui around New Zealand, and she's like, we need to invest some some money in, into uh, those areas. So Ranui Action Project came out of that. That was that was one of the communities that was uh, identified in Ranui pre- uh, Project was was charged of bringing the community together to try and you know turn that picture around. So you were part of that. You were part of the um, Ranui Action Project. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we turned up to a meeting. Um, they they throwing all these stats at us, and and I was thinking about my brother and. Uh, I think at the time he's probably about 12, 13. And all, all I could think of was him and his mates break dancing on the front lawn on the, on the vinyl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or like, uh, like he used to do at a uh, pedal. On the cardboard there. Just uh, breaking hearts, mate. Hey, when you went to that first meeting, did you know there was something going on? Like, did you know, like, we, yeah, th- yeah, there was a problem right. in Ranui? We no, were aware I didn't. Of that? I didn't yeah. Until, until the, the, the stats were presented to us, you know, it was just normal. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I was like, hey, gee, what are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like I said, you know, I was thinking of my brother and his, and, and his mates and stuff. I was like, gee, that's not the future for them. Like, you know, I know those kids in there, they got heaps to offer, you know, so, um, so I, I guess yeah. So but annoyed eh? <laughs> yeah, <of laughs> away from the the meeting goes nah stuff this and then one of the things that they run new action project did is they had all these focus groups. So they had uh, a Pacific focus group, a Maori focus group. So the community came together, but also went away into their kind of like little little pockets and kind of just had some discussions around you know how we can turn things around from from different parts of the community. Um, so there was a youth focus group, uh, and you know there's just. Just a group of mates, so we turned up. And, oh, shucks, Aussie's there. Um, uh, John was there as well. Uh, and my wife, Z, you know, come along too. And then there were some amazing young people. You know, we had um, the Papa Twins from Birdwood, yeah. um, Rachel and Maria, and uh, Sandra Love and my from, I think she was at uh, St. Dom's at the time. Um, there's heaps, man. There's heaps. I better not start naming one of them. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, they're all, you know, we're all of the same opinion, man. That, man. What runway are they talking about? You yeah, because they're talking about us, but we're not that. You know, yeah. so um, um, we started having these just discussions around um, a case suite. Um, obviously, there's some truth to it because there's some statistics to support <laughs> that. You know, and we kind of knew some of our friends and family as well that 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 uh, kind of did have that outcome. And so, okay, cool, sweet. So, if um, if government's here. Uh, providing some resource, let's use that resource in a in a positive way to 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 try and you know paint another picture. Nice. So um, so what did it started out uh, as at first was just just giving kids something to do. So we asked the kids, man, what do you want to do? And they're like, oh, like I said, my brother was into break dancing, so he's like, oh, we should have talent quest and see who's the best dancer and best singer and it's sweet. So it started out as a talent quest. Um, as one of the first projects and I think we had a run with PRC church and yeah, and that was an awesome night, man. We had all sorts of people come out, counselors, politicians, but also the neighborhood turned out in force. So I think, um, it was about, um, eight, nearly a thousand people, 800, nearly a thousand people in the hall that night. Um, and the talent on, on show was amazing. It was just all local talent. Mm. Um, all came out to share their stuff and they were like, Oh, sweet. What do we do next? Turned into a community fun day. Oh, what do we do next? We turn into a, a camp. 
And so we had this camp over the the school school holidays, um, and we called it a leadership camp. Took about twenty odd uh, young people to it, and and basically it was an opportunity for us as adults to say, "Hey, man, what do you want to see in your community? What kind of future do you want for yourself?" That kind of thing. And um, we came back the following Wednesday um, after the camp to show them a camp video that we made. And then at the end of the camp video, we had a feed, and everyone's like, "Oh, what are we doing next week?" Hey. Oh yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean next? Oh, okay, we'll come back here same time next week. And then it just never stopped, hey, you know. So <laughs> it turned into just coming to hang out and talk and play games to to um, young people, just telling us what they wanted to do. So those things um, turned into sports, and then sports teams uh, turned into uh, drop-in spaces where young people would come and just hang and just be be themselves, you know. Um, so we, I think, we hired the hall around New Primary. Had the PlayStation, scabbed the pool table from for free from somewhere, table tennis, all of those things. It was just a chance for for youngsters to come and hang out. Um, but at the same time as we're hanging out, we're just asking questions and um, trying to find out, you know, what it is that our, our young people were aspiring to and, and what we could do as a as a community to support that. So sports was one of the first things that was really massive. And the cool thing for us is that we've been able to see young people, you know play sport uh, either professionally or at the elite levels you know so mm-hmm. um um from kids who either didn't play sport or uh didn't have access to <coughs> organized sport you know uh, to see them kind of grow and, and achieve through sport has been massive and then you know over the years things have evolved um and um probably for the first yeah now for the first 10 years it was all voluntary you know so you know we went to work Came back in the evening. Oh, so you went. Um, you weren't getting any funding at all. Or was there partly funding, but we're not enough to. If, if we got any funding, it was for the activities that we were doing. Oh, okay. you know, so it was for putting on the talent quest. It was for the camps that we were going to. But you're doing this out of your just your spare time. Spare time. You, so you're yeah, still working yeah, yeah, full time. Yeah. yeah, and there was there was all of us. So all the leaders in there, that, um, all just there, just out of passion for the neighborhood. Yeah. You know? So what was um Randall Action Group's role? What you guys were doing? So their, their their role was to bring the people together and give a voice to the community. Um, and after a couple of years of uh, kind of going under their leadership, we realized that we were getting dragged into all the other things that uh, Run New Action Project was uh, was doing at the time, and they were doing heaps. Yeah. So we were like, oh man, you know, we can only <laughs> we only got enough hours in the day, you know. So we we were like, you know, we need to just focus on one thing. So we decided yeah. to just step away and. Um, become a um just our own standalone group yeah um we weren't even a trust or anything at the time it was just uh, um we were just saying oh yeah uh, we'll meet here at this time and 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 we'll do whatever it is that you you've asked for um so uh that's where the run we one through five came from so we you know because people the young people go oh, i'm going to the rep i'm going to the rep and then we oh guys we probably can't use their name anymore because you know that belongs to them yeah you know yeah. so you know we should probably call ourselves something else and what's funny we asked the youngsters and there was this this young tagging group um, back in the day and they were kind of the core group of uh, <laughs> us in the beginning um and i don't know if you remember did you ever hear of that tukumi elmu uh uh tagging crew <laughs> oh yeah 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 i, I remember tama telling me about yeah, them Elmu, so yeah. um they you know they shucks they used to mark up everywhere around the neighborhood and um uh they were the ones that we were like oh sweet hey what should we call this you know this this gathering that we have every week 
And they and they they try to trick us. Say they come up with these names that kind of had the initials T M E in it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh man, nah, 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 we, we can't do that. We're kind of you know it's cool, but <laughs> yeah, we've got to you know um, create some separation so it's accessible to all the kids. You know, not just just them. Um, and so I came up with, uh, or we all came up with some names. We we scrapped their ones because they're trying to code it and be clever. Um, and then I thought I was cool. I came up with a few names. And I had this one, like, so when I was younger, uh, I was in Mexico in um, a VW taxi. And I was talking with the, the driver. I was going, oh, yeah, bro, man. Um, uh, you know, how's your day? And he goes, oh, más o menos. Um, I don't know if he's familiar with that, that, that term. <laughs> um, so más o menos is kind of like the positive negative sign in electricity current. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. Like, Whoa, that's bad. Más o menos, <laughs> positive negative. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like so-so, you see. yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, kids, man, what do we call ourselves muscle men? It's positive, negative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring the negative, but we focus on the positive. Yeah, positive, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can see their eyes just glazed over. Yeah. We're straight over their head. They're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> so um, anyway, we've settled on the on the, on the bus thing, eh? You know? yeah. And so they, they go, oh, you know, running 135. And we used to have the, the Converse uh, logo. We kind of changed it and put a, a bus in it. The bus, oh, yeah, in the middle oh, yeah. of the star. Oh. And then used to have um, one of the drafts head downtown, Auckland. And then um, the kids were like, nah, Jack, stuff that. Oh, probably whatever the equivalent of Jack was back in those <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, no, put um, West, because we're not Central, this, you know, because they had some Central beefs back then. You know, I think Calston and St. Paul's and that. Yes. Back in the days. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay, okay, sweet as. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's where the, the Ranui 135 came from. And it was really just because they, they wanted something that connected all of them. And that was the bus route that everyone, you know, course, had, had, had gone along on. And yeah. um, it was 018 as well. The, I think the Kelston School Bus was yeah. one of the recommendations. Yeah, yeah. 018 was the, um, it came from our, um, our ways. So yeah. it used to go through Henderson. I called that bus when I wasn't. Well, the, depends what you want to do if you want to get to town from here. Like if you want to go yeah. through New Lynn, you catch the one. Bus that starts with a one. Yeah, yeah one three five. If, if, yeah, you, yeah. if you want to go the fast way, go the motorway. Yeah, catch yeah. a bus that starts with a zero. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh eight seven. Yeah, 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 all of that. So. But uh, like, it's funny. Like, if you ever made the mistake, like if you missed all the O's and you caught the one one five, that was the one that used to go between the back of uh, Brains Road and Kelston. You're like, damn. <laughs> oh, if you if you had to be somewhere, you're like, I'm not making it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna take me an hour and a half to get to town, man. Damn it. But man, no, that's a, that's a really cool name, man. Because um. You know when you think of um, the Lunacre song, like the era code, like that's what everyone's doing those days. They yeah, like hard. your era code or, or other people doing the the first three digits of your phone number. That's like eight two three was another. Yeah, yeah, was, a, yeah, was yeah. another runway uh, number A. But I think what made it special was that one three five bus yeah. because and that if you want to go home. You catch the one three five. That's you right. You could yeah. be like if you're stranded anywhere, right? You're just like good look, 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 and oh. Yep, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> yes, you know? yeah, and, and, and we're through all of Auckland, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. from from west to yeah, central. Yeah, and and we you don't want to catch the the motherway one because we represent all West Auckland. You have to go through all West to get that's to town. Right. Like, yeah, you got to yeah. go through New Lynn. Yeah, you got to go right. through uh, Glendine. Back down to yeah. you know. Nah, I'd, and so like yeah, no. Nah, so that's I mean that's where it came from, and I guess. You know, like, um, I mean, the cool thing, especially for those youngsters at the time, you know, they pro- they probably didn't think it was going to catch on uh, any wider than, you know, just describing who they were as a group. And then I remember Shaxa was wasn't, wasn't a, f- a few years later. Um, and, we, you know, um, 
that had, had been going around for a while in, in terms of the you know the use of the name to identify the neighborhood and stuff and then um the first time I heard someone that wasn't connected to it said so like, yeah, one three five. What was it? I was like, I'm one three five. I'm from Brandui. I was cracking. It made me think about all those these young cats from back in the days. Yeah, you know, and that uh, you know they were passionate about the neighborhood, and like it's cool to see that their their passion has kind of uh, carried through past them in terms of you know like people sharing sharing their passion by um, referencing the area the same way, you know. Mm. You know when you talk about the youth or the guys that have come through, um, is um, Suli Maasi one of those um, guys that you're referring to? You know, is he, is he a success story? Like uh, I know we all know Suli, but he's kind of like a reflection of the guy who's who stayed um, true to his um, his one three five roots, his Randui roots. You know? Yeah, definitely, man. Like, uh, yeah, he's definitely he's, he's one of the OG uh, youngsters that was coming through. You know, so I, I remember because um, my brother John, um, they used to run. John used to run oh. up the YMCA up in Massey, him and Vishane, yeah, and all that. And then I remember he used to come down to Bedwood, and um, and I remember Suli was one of the volunteers back then. You know, a little kid and helping out. And I thought, you know, and when I see Suli now, I'm like, man, you know, this guy, he's always had a passion, kind of like you. Like he's always had yeah. a passion mm. for. Helping people being part of the community, eh? you know. Yeah, no, definitely, and I, I think like with surely, I mean, it's yeah, like you say, it's one of the um, successes of that we're able to, you know, easily reference because he's still here with us, you know, <laughs> being able to <laughs> yeah. um, facilitate, you know, the programs that he kind of went through and and more as well, you know. So we're fortunate now in the sense that you know that we're uh, uh, a trust and that there's a platform for people like Suli. You know, we've come through these these uh, initiatives and had value on it, and and want to give to the next generation of youngsters coming through. And so, um, it's funny he's, he's becoming a little bit of a an old man within the the staff. So <laughs> one of the things that's really fortunate is that there's been, you know, different groups of youngsters coming through all the time. So there's there's youngsters that still technically fit the uh, definition of a young person, <laughs> and that they're under twenty five. And then you got Suli. You know, he's getting a little bit on now, but. He brings all the history and and the um, all the the knowledge with him in terms mm. of uh, where we've come from and where we're trying to go to, you know. So uh, and he's a product of uh, what you guys set out to do in the first place. Yeah, man. And yeah. he's you know he's like um, he's one of uh, heaps of people that um, uh, probably could be doing the same thing, you know. But you know, we identify Suli as, as someone who was, a, you know, a great leader amongst his peers, mm. someone that other young people looked up to. And we were like, oh, cool. And, mate, he's famous as wherever you go in, in Ranui, yeah. all you hear is, hey, Suli! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, like, um, and then that's how we know that, you know, like, he's he's having an impact. Hey, you know, yeah. that, that people are, you know, leaning out of windows just to say hi yeah. to him. You know? Oh, well, when you talk about impact, um, it's... Um, when Tama, because in Tama's line of work, you know, um, he works at kind of like a boys' home or a home of the kids that come through that are in transition, and they got in a little trouble. And then he always, um, he always says that, like he acknowledges the the hard work that you guys are doing because there'll be kids that come in overnight and they come in and you know the, he, he, the first thing is oh where are you from oh from Ranui bro. and it's Tama straight away he goes oh yeah you know Tama's like rather oh, rolling his eyes like. Oh. One of these want to tough, want to be, want to be tough guys. But you know, once he says, once he says, do you know, um, 
Tina Robo, Tina Sully, you know, like the usual answer is, oh, yeah, man, you know, they're cool and all, and all, all that. And it kind of breaks the ice. But Tama says, like, um, the work that he's doing helps him because it, it kind of like he can relate this. He's, um, related, like he can relate to these kids straight away. So they've oh. got a platform and they're not, they're not that, you know, these kids, they're not, they're not bad kids, you know, although they're, they're mm. not, you know, intentionally going out trying to stab people. Like there are situations like that, but their situations are like, yeah, maybe they were in a, um, their friend stole a car and they happened to be in the car or, you know, they, you know, done some shoplifting and all that and then they've been picked up by the police. And, and when they, um, they talk about, you know, so Tama, like, they're relaying back to him, you know, what's happening in the one for five. And then he'll talk about other kids coming from other places that don't have, um, a kind of support system mm. or have someone out in their community. And he's, he notices that, oh, there's probably people going to be like, this guy's eats, but they don't, um, they're a bit harder. You know, they don't have, um, people out there looking for them. So when they come in, you know, he doesn't have, um, a point of reference with them where yeah. he can't really relate to them. So, you know, Islanders, for some reason, you know, once you talk to them properly, they'll, they'll, um, refer back to what they've been taught. So they'll end up being really polite. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the sir, okay, sir, you know, you know, I don't know if you notice, like all the Samoan kids or Island kids, they'll be want to be tough, but they'll still call you sir. At the, you know, they'll check yeah. it at the end. True. And like, um, but that's what Tom was saying. Like, you know, all the kids, like the impact that you guys are having, um, do these kids, do they end up coming back to you? Do you know, you know, you know, when they've come through, do they go, oh yeah, we were just at this, uh, home down in, um, cause they, they're based out in Central, but he was saying that they, they usually don't come back cause uh, hopefully they've gone on to, you know, uh, yeah, no. back, back in the straight and narrow, they're just hiding, <laughs> they got a better hiding places now. Yeah, no, and I guess, I mean, that's, that's the cool thing about, uh, youth work. So, um, what you think is about relationship, you know, making sure that, uh, you're accessible to a young person, uh, if they feel they need to connect with you, you know, so, um, it's good, it's cool to hear, uh, that story and, um, so many young people, you know, they, they, they go away and, uh, do whatever they are doing and then every now and then they'll come back. So, like, uh, so we met Suli when I think he was 14, but, you know, I went to school with his sisters and that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I knew the family um, and all our stuff. They've either come through a holiday program or they uh, were part of the after-school activities and stuff that we, we did. And we met them when they were like 12 years old or something. Um, and they're now in their early 20s um, doing the same programs man, for, that's, for that's, the next 12-year-olds. That's stuff. awesome, man. You yeah. know. And, and so, like, um, so, you know, like we might meet them at 12, um, we might see them every holidays at a holiday program. Uh, we might not see them for a year or two, and then they come to a camp with us. Um, and it just kind of goes in and out. And then sometimes we're helping them find their first job, helping them get their uh, first driver's license, all of those kind of things. And um, I think in terms of uh, good youth work, that's that's what it is. Is that a young person is is. Uh, uh, developed a, a relationship and trust with an adult yeah. and that they <clears throat> excuse me that they feel they can come back uh, whenever they need to and so man even sometimes in, um, you get random messages like I remember there was this, this one kid um, we used to be at Runway Primary School on a Wednesday night um, we used to open the hall up people come and play basketball and pool table and all that kind of stuff and um, bro this, this kid uh, he just saw all the, the young fellas walking into the hall and he starts calling everyone nowadays. 
And we were like, hey, gee, what's, what's wrong with that cat? And then, uh, anyway, we didn't think anything, anything of it. I told the boys because they wanted to go down and start throwing down it. So, gee, get in the hall, get a piece of basketball. So, let that guy get in the hall, get in the hall, Eric, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, we're like, just let the guy vent. Um, and it was random. We didn't know what it was. Anyway, later that night, we came back and one of the teachers comes over and sees us and goes, oh, I think one of your kids has smashed my car window. Um, and I was like, hey, who smashed the car window? Like, oh, no, it wasn't any of us. I was nah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't them because everyone's been in the hall. Um, and then bro, years later, this, I mean, maybe, maybe only two or three years ago, we got this random message on our 135 uh, Facebook page. He says, hey, guys, um, I've been watching, you know, some of uh, the the work that you do come through social media. And, you know, I just want to say, um, uh, ages ago, I came through and I was beefing some of your boys. And I was I was a bit of a random dude back then. And um, I was just so angry. And uh, probably I wanted to be in the hall too, but I didn't know how to... Oh, you know, come in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah, so, yeah. like, when you all went inside, I smashed the window, <laughs> and I just want to say I'm really sorry. Oh. You know, and I, and I was like, oh, Wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the the guy must have been in his twenties. Yeah, you know? and um, uh, the fact that he one he remembered it, but yeah. then two, like, he just reached out just to uh, connect. Yeah. yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, know? I was like, oh, shucks, hey, bro, you don't have to apologize. Yeah, we all do funny things when we're young and that, but um, you know, thanks for you know. Yeah. Connecting for up. facing off in front of the mystery, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can stop stop yeah. looking at people sideways. I'm sure this is the guy that's smashed it. Hard out, that's the truth, man. Like, but, I was doing this once, <sighs> apologize now to that kid. I thought it was him, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, uh, well, that's so cool. Like, um, but the um, the out of it thing is like how he could, wasn't able to communicate how he f- like he wanted to be a part of it, but I don't know if it's, whether it was social anxiety or something like they just couldn't, like, so his way of trying to be part of it was trying to step well, everyone out you know yeah. it's sad when the, yeah. I mean not sad but it's kind of like it's unfortunate that that's how he felt he, that was the only way he could reach out was trying to take on Eric one on one outside <laughs> 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 Eric would have thrown down man uh, hard, hard. <laughs> yeah. so Rob um, going back to when you guys first started like going going back to those stats they came out you know that at any time in the early days did you did you finally see those stats coming to so fortune, like, was there? No, no. So, at all? Anything? So I guess, I mean, the cool thing is that uh, we had some really good learning from that. So for the young people that were connected, especially in their first first uh, generation of young people, um, they all went to, they all completed school. And if they didn't complete school, they went into employment or into study, further study. So uh, for us, we're like, gee, see, we told you. <laughs> you know, like, we, we knew, yeah, we knew this was, this is, um, what our community was about but we also knew that um and it, uh, it was just by chance that some of the the siblings that were attached to that um who weren't connected or engaged kind of didn't have those same um outcomes you so they, they kind of did reflect what the stats were saying oh at that time yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so so oh, okay. so for us it, it was it was um it was good feedback in the sense that that the, the young person who's connected and engaged is more likely to be uh, developing resilience they're more likely to be making you know like maybe better decisions about uh, what to do with their time and their behavior and stuff uh, and it's not to say that the young people um, <coughs> that were connected weren't still playing up <laughs> yeah man they were still playing up I mean there was this kid we I remember how many times he went out on field trips and stuff and he's always the guy hey bro we need to have a talk <laughs> like um I remember we went up, up to um we, we took these uh I don't know if he's new um Tafaranui up by uh, Walkworth, beautiful beach up there. It's like okay. a, it's like a, 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 what do you call it? Like a dock, dock. Um, 
What, just, what was, it, was it perfect to do manus or? Uh, yeah, it's manus, uh, what do you call it, boogie boarding, <laughs> yeah. all of that kind of stuff. But um, anyway, we're coming back through order. We stop, we have lunch. And then um, we go into the toilet and uh, all the boys are in there and they're all just staring at the wall. Eh? Yeah. And I was like, gee, was, that's pretty random. I was like, oh, maybe they, you know, they're like peeing in front of each other or something. So anyway, I left. And then and then uh, Z, she goes into the ladies' toilet. She comes out, she's storming across the field. Face is all angry. Hey, what's wrong? She goes, "These boys are going to take up the girls too." <laughs> I was like, "Hey, who, who was it?" No, we went in as ah. Then we had to go and do the boys one and because we went in there. They went into the girls one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so like, you'd oh, cut yeah. them in the yeah. Nah, hard. And like um, like I said, you know, like um, eventually all of that stuff stopped, and we never once talked about tagging. And they yeah. stopped taking. Hey, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was just about having things to do and, and giving keeping them up, keep, yeah, occupied, giving yeah. them something to, to use their energy with. Yeah. You know, so um, um, yeah, like I said, you know, like they had some good outcomes, but it didn't mean they were going, they were like yeah. perfect all the time. Well, that's, eh, well, you know? you know, like like anything, eh? Like um, it's not like the perfect. You know, once you're part of the one three five, you'll, you know, you're gonna be um, eating like. Like Hulk Hogan, like um, drinking your vitamins <laughs> or saying your prayers, you know, <laughs> it doesn't work like that, you know. But you know, everyone, but it's still giving them, uh, like, keeping them uh, away from that kind of the alternative lifestyle, eh? or like alternative, like, like, like they say, like um, idle hands, you know, the devils, yeah. you know. That's so cool, you know. That's yeah. and how many like um, so what kind of um, what other success stories have you had? Because I I, I know like when you talk about. Um, well, the stats say, you know, the stats are mm. most likely to go. I know, um, I know, for instance, summer's, summer's year, I think all of his boys, they finished. Mean. They mm. finished, um, high school together, you know, mm. and some of them went on to, you know, they all went on, some of them went on to have, uh, full-time jobs and then all of them went with, but I, I don't remember the summer ever saying like, oh, this guy's gone on to do something here or, yeah. you know, they've all gone and they, they, they're finding their way in life, but not as, and, and not, I'm, not if we were gonna go and buy their statistics according yeah. to those uh, statistics. Yeah. One of them should be um, should have been the people for robbing fish choices. Was the photo will be up there next to the other twenty photos that are up on the wall of shame. The wall of shame, man. Well, not only that's funny, you know, because you normally when you look at the wall of shame, you're expecting to see someone that's you know. It. I mean, <laughs> you know gee, with I, these I, I, I always, I always <laughs> look, man, and I'm hoping like, but the reason why I'm looking is I'm checking like. Man, I hope they haven't put my, like, not because of uh, me stealing something, but just mistaken identity or something, you know? So I'm no, like, man, I gotta make sure. Do I know this person? I don't know anyone. Oh, well, you know, everyone's, uh, you know, everything's right and round, you know? Nah, hard. And like, I mean, shucks, some of the, some of the trouble that we have had. Like, I remember they, they're having these, uh, train station vigils and stuff for, um, for, uh, you know, kids that were, um, you know, bullying people on trains and stuff like yeah. that. But, yeah, wasn't there a video, um, so was, a few months ago, there was, was a, like a fight. Was taking it, bully, it, yeah, it was taking yeah. at Ranui, yeah. yeah. Was it taking it at the Ranui? Look like the Ranui station. Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, you know, like, um, social media, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an awesome thing, but also it's really dangerous thing too. Yeah, we've yeah. touched, we've touched yeah, on that. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the two sides of social media, yeah. right? It's, it's yeah. empowering. It's also. And those community pages, mate, it's, like, it's, it's almost like just a place for trolls, eh? Yeah. You know, to like say, like, oh, watch out for these guys, you know, um, I remember when the siren kids, you know, they were saying like, oh, those kids on their bikes, you know, they're coming around again. Oh, yeah. They look suspicious. <laughs> yeah. I go, gee, relax. Yeah. Unless you got a siren on your security system. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> <all> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> hey, you know. 
Is but, that still a thing though? Aren't the kids still doing that? With the sirens? Uh, no, but I think it's... It's I moved mean, on to cars, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a mess of culture around the, the cars. Yeah. Man, you know, it's like... A, um, it's one of those kind of hidden worlds, eh? You know, like... Um, yeah. We were talking about this today. Uh, shout out to the switch hitters. Switch eh, hitters, eh? eh you know, best... best um, yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all around we... I remember Edith... Because uh, she was true, showing true. me some photos. Yeah. And then she was like, do you know what the origin of switch hitters is? And I was like... Like, you know, I was trying to be bots and go, yeah, well, there's a switch hit of the term. It's from baseball. Um, and she's nah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay then. <laughs> oh, okay then. She goes, no, it's because, you know, when they hit the switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then that's when the, you know, the the boom or the sound comes in. Oh! Because I know um, I saw um, a person, one of the guys, one of my bo- uh, friends, uh, one of the boys I know, he's... Um, his boys are um, switch hitters, yeah, so they've yeah. got it on the back of their yeah. car. And yeah, that is like it's a probably like a small subculture, or like a yeah, man. It's like a it's like a just another version of a car club, eh? you know. Yeah. So, um, man, you got all these different uh, kind of siren car clubs around Auckland, and they all congregate and have all these sound offs. Um, right, and, and uh, I had a, I was lucky enough to be able to go along to one one time, um, you know, helping ho- helping I think hold the camera for you for something one time, and then um, uh, you know, there's these guys. It's like a judging committee. They stand maybe about fifty meters away from the cars, and the cars are down one end of the street. Yeah, and then you see someone from the committee point to one other car, and then they start showing their stuff, and then they, they put the hand up, stop, and then they point to the next car, and then. They come into a little huddle and they start talking about, oh yeah, sweet as, then they make them do it, you know, a few times. Yeah. And then they, they, they put their hand to whoever they think is the winner and oh, stuff. Yeah. And, mate, there's, um, you know, it's huge, man. And you got, there's some really nice cars too. It's really nice cars. And it took me a while to kind of get used to that sound, you know, because I was like, damn, it's just hurting my ears. Yeah. yeah. But then after a while, you get, this is kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's all about volume, man. But you know, it's like the cool thing is like, um, these guys could be doing anything. Just could be doing some, could be some, something else, something stupid, or could be robbing places, and all they're doing, like it's so cool that, like, um, my cousin told me he came and he went to one of those as well. Um, so my cousin's partner Pat, he came and he told me that his, um, he was staying for his um cousin out Ranui, and then he took him out to the thing, and he he said the cool thing was like, no one was, there's no real drinking or no just like shenanigans mm-hmm. it was like everyone was into the moment like man you gotta get you know see them tinkering around in there <laughs> yeah. oh, right. it was like there's a thunder or something yeah, yeah. someone yeah. Uh, rolls under the thing yeah tap 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 and it's just like how 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 loud it was you know i was like but then i was thinking what's the biggest siren you can <laughs> you can possibly oh, get hey you know what's what the, only uh, ones? The, the tsunami have you seen the tsunami no, no, no. <laughs> That's like a, it's a, it's like a joke, man. If you see it, it's huge. It's probably like from the end of that table to the, the garage door. Yeah, you know, it's like um, because you know that's that's got a signal to the whole community that a tsunami's coming. You know, oh, so it's yeah. huge. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I haven't seen one of those on the car, but I've seen I'm a pretty, pretty massive one on a yeah. pole. The ones at um the train station at the top of the pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are ones are pretty big, and I've yeah. seen one of those on a bike, but um. Uh, I think there's a car, Snow White, and um, man, it must have about 20, 20 sirens on the roof, on the bonnet. Is that a, is that a sw- switch hitter car? Yeah, or? switch hitter <laughs> car. So that's, that's, <laughs> I think that's yeah. one of the ones that won one of the conferences. <laughs> okay. so that's, that's cool, man. I mean, shout out to West Auckland and the switch hitters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Putting uh, West Auckland on the map. And I think even their influence goes all the way down to Wellington. You know, like, uh, oh. 
there's there's car siren clubs down there who are inspired by switchers up here from West Auckland. You know, so yeah, that's a it's a big deal to those in the new. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you're on something, guys. It's an opportunity here. You know, when I think about um, Barangi Z, when they make get a hobby and they get other people into their hobby, they're good at like making it like a uh, legit and official. You know, they're good at like making it like an event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Next minute, you got a proper official event that that the council supports and then they yeah. get sponsors. Yeah. You know, Barlang is good at that. Like, that's an opportunity for these kids, eh, to do the same that's thing. That's it. And is it, is it gone to that level yet? Uh, I mean, they, they've got I the support with the other kids in Wellington. Yeah. But uh, now have they got like... Man, I imagine like if they had a, like a, a, a national challenge or something, yeah, really like meet hard. somewhere in the middle and everyone brings their cars. Yeah, but yeah. I think, you know, they'd have to go from the the gladiator days of thumbs up thumbs down because that's not <laughs> I don't know how legit that is eh? like you're going to have to get one of those readers those noise readers it's to true. really <laughs> you know what I mean yeah disavows eh? the measure yeah, of the yeah. disavows because you know someone's like this I don't like that guy so I like his girlfriend so you know to give, give the thumbs up to the guys from east right. side man you know uh, but I guess I mean I mean the, the probably the thing that um for the, the siren culture is that uh the police aren't too fond of it, you know, uh, or haven't been, you know, traditionally too fond of it because um, a lot of what was fueling it was style, uh, stolen mic- uh, sirens. Yeah, so, from schools, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bells and, and it wasn't the guys who owned the cars, it was the kids who had them on their bikes, you know, because mm-hmm. they didn't have money. So yeah. the best way they can be involved is to find whichever one's lying <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think schools all around Auckland went through a whole phase of yeah. using all their sirens. I, I know, um, yeah. I know my brother's... Um, when she was teaching at Summerland. True. She was teaching at Summerland and, yep. Uh, I, I think, think I uh, might have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, her mentioning, like, they just managed to take nearly all of the sirens, mm. you know, from, but you're right. It's yeah. just a, these kids are product of their environment and mm. it's not like we've got a, one dollar, like a, cha- a Chinese siren shop uh, just up the road <laughs> selling that for five dollars, you know? Uh, and I guess, I mean, so, so you know, um, that doesn't have anything to do with the car culture, mm-hmm. but um, you know the you know, the cops are associating what happened with the you know the kids and with what's happening with the uh, the people who own the cars and stuff, yeah. and so they got receipts and everything, yeah, you know to show cops in there. But they're not you know like a lot of the time they're not really interested. They're just trying to shut it down. So, so I think that's probably one of the things is trying to get rid of the stigma around things like this, activities like this yeah. that are happening out in the community that could be you know developed into a really positive pathway. But um. Because, I mean, shucks, that's, you know, science. Uh, that's you it. Know, it's, mm. it's <laughs> a, you know, these kids, like, for them to break it down, like, you've got to w- worry about distribution or, like, the sound. And mm. I guess each of them must be powered. Like, you've got to have enough yeah. power to run all that stuff. Because it can phase out, too, you know, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you don't hook it up. Probably. <laughs> 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 I end up, like, back to the future. <laughs> Yes. I think that's what's called audio engineering. Uh, yeah, yeah, see. Trying to do, eh? So uh, if one of them going to come and do our audio engineering, get recheck and maybe put some sirens on our podcast yeah, no, <laughs> too. And I'm, bro, to, to be honest, the thing that I really liked about it, because it kind of reminded me of like, uh, not that I was around at the beginning of hip hop, but uh, you know how hip hop was an underground culture that became mainstream like maybe 30 years later. Yeah. You know, so like uh, it was kind of reminiscent of that, that there's this, there's this this uh, cool thing happening that has no uh, government influence, no political influence. It's just a community. It happened organically. Yeah, yeah, hard yeah. man doing something positive. Yeah. Um, just you know for the, um, you know just for the mere fact of uh, being creative. Yeah. And, you know, and being able to flex in a positive <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Without beating someone up. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. 
But you know, like you say, like the the cops are looking down to it for obvious reasons. But um, you know, when when it gets pop- more popular and gets more sort of like professional or whatever, there's like it gets better. Yeah. The quality gets better and everything. Like, do you think the next barrier? Do you, do you think there's a bit of like uh, like if you're talking about like um, fighting against the system, bit of uh, um, racism in there, like trying to. Oh, yeah. oh no, these, these brown kids don't know what they're doing. Like, shut yeah. them down. And it, it's like, I mean, is there any element of that? Do you uh, think? I think so. Like in terms of like, uh, uh, I think even what we do in everyone one through five in terms of 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 how we do youth work. So we're not working with um, high needs young people. We're just working for all young people that want to connect. You know, and it, and young people come by choice, um, but people don't want to fund it. Because they look at it and they go, oh, they're just playing sports or they're just playing games. They're, they're making music. You know, that's that's something that you can do anywhere. That's that's not a program. A program is you're trying to rehabilitate people who have done crimes yeah. or mm-hmm. you're trying to um, uh, uh, help people who haven't done well in school or aren't in school. You know, that's what the government wants to fund or, or uh, funders want to fund. Yeah. But they don't want to. They want. They don't want to fund things that are. Um, that are value and of success to us. So, for example, if, we, if we're looking at the case of the, the siren car culture, mm. um, there's there's heaps of opportunities there to to look at um, not the the car culture itself, but what what it takes to generate uh, a movement. Hey, you know what it takes. There's leadership hey, in there. Yeah. Um, there's um, there's promotion. There's you know because it's it's not just the hype doesn't just create itself eh? mm-hmm. you know like you can turn up with your badass car with heaps of sirens but if there's no one interested in it <laughs> yeah, that's right. if no one uh, you know <laughs> you just look like an idiot in the car park <laughs> you know like, uh, like if a tree falls in, in the forest you know like if they, yeah. if no one knows it exists you no one's yeah. gonna turn up eh? yeah. so, so that's interesting because you actually tap into the leadership part of that whole movement yeah, yeah like, you, like those are like kind of the qualities these kids have yeah. if you look past the Siren and the, you know, the things that the cops look down to. Yeah. You know, you look at how they're organizing it and their leadership. How do you filter that out? So I think you, you got to see the whole person. You know, like you can't you can't look at something at face value. You, like, and that's you know that's the world we live in. You know, a lot of us get looked judged by the way we look. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so people will, will look at the way we dress. People will look at the way we talk, and the way oh shucks, that's not a. That's not a real thing, you know. That's just a hobby. That's just an interest. But the moment you can make money off something, all of a sudden people are interested. So hip hop existed for years before people were interested in it. And then once, um, you know, once people realize that, hey man, there's a massive opportunity here. Um, I mean, you know, um, if you think of NWA for example, I mean, they're just swearing on their songs and they're just talking about their life and stuff. But it's it was cutting edge, you know, and mm-hmm. like. To anyone who was making, you know, a producer who was making music at the time, they just think like, bro, what's this? This is rubbish. But when it's connecting with the people and you know, they want to hear it, they, this is rubbish, we can sell it. Yeah, hey, you yeah, know that's what I mean? right. So, <laughs> yeah. It's just all of the, there's heaps of that creativity that's happening out in the community. Um, and in terms of Pacific, you know, like uh, we've got so much uh, to offer, not just the world, but even just our own communities, you know, and, and sometimes we kind of look down on our own stuff. Even, you know, a lot of our communities will see the Siren Car Club and they'll be like, ah, oh, bro, that is so fresh. Yeah. Hey. Mm. But, but that's the cool but thing I about was, it. But, you know, the thing is, I was one of those early dudes, you know, when before, before I had that discussion with Edith. Oh, me too, of, bro. You know, me too. Yeah, you know, when I came, you know, 
like I was like, man, that's too loud. Like, what did these kids get from just driving around and blasting the sounds? But then the one time, I think they really swayed me. They went through and they were playing Celine Dion. <laughs> and I went like this. You know what, boys? He got me. That's all right. <laughs> you know, that's all right. All right. <laughs> you know, you stay discriminate, man. Hip hop, Daniel Ray Costello and, uh, and Celine Dion. Oh, okay, you got me. You know, but Not then hard. she was telling me, and then I saw it for myself, the impact and how organized these guys are. Mm. I remember meeting, um, I think it was one of Suli's, Suli's nephews or Suli's little cousins. And I think he had, um, he had a big, he, I think he was the social media guy for uh, Switch Hitters. True. And that was oh, his, yeah, 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 that was Mervini, his title. Mervini. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the, um, I'm the social media guy. And I went like this, oh, this guy. But then like I looked up and like, you know, he, he, he showed me his thing, like his yeah, setup, right. like what he had. They'd had, they've got this coming up, this, and then like yeah. all the boys that would refer to him. Um, and I was like, this, and I think he's only like 18 or like 19 or 20. He was, he was pretty young. Yeah, and he was calling the, the yeah, 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 and he was doing the stuff for this because I went, man, look, look at this guy. He's doing what people pay, what, what corporations pay oh. other people to do. This is also doing that for, <laughs> for a siren, you know, for, for a bunch of guys who just go around blasting the sirens or go to competition. So I thought, yeah, he's hype man. Yeah. Bro. Like, you know, that's he, it. That's because yeah, he's hype man. man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, um, <laughs> he can, he can organize a parade, you know, so like, uh, uh I remember one of the, one of the girls, uh, went to a ball and the cool thing about it was that you know she's she was the first one in her family to complete high school and be able to go to the ball and so um, the family wanted to celebrate it and man they organised this this massive um, siren parade um, to go to drop her off at the ball it was me and me yeah, <laughs> I think just, I saw it yeah, yeah I think Edith might have uh, put up something about it yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah a yeah. video about yeah. it so um, you just see this long line of cars and they all got their neon lights and stuff <laughs> And you can see everyone else is going to the ball, you know, they're like, I don't know if their face is looking mad because they've been outdone or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think oh, you can cool, out, man. yeah, that, you know, you turn up with a line and you got the sounds blasting and you've got all these, like, you must, must feel like Donald Trump or something, you know, <laughs> like Bill Clinton rolling into town, he's got secret services <laughs> in the front, man, you know? Yeah, nah, hard, hard. You know how you were talking about, about funding? And um, so, we, what, what, what do you get? Um, how does your are you self funding? Are you government funded? Because um, so, you're talking about how people want to fund it, but it sounds like he's not. He might not be getting the the funding that you actually need. Uh, I think yeah. I mean, I mean, one of the things for us is making sure that we grow responsibly. So uh, we've got about I think eight in our team at the moment, um, and the cool thing about that is that. Uh, that's always been the vision. So, uh, especially for Z and myself, like, you know, we, we belong in the tooth now, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> the, the last thing we want is young people to have, you know, a 40 something year old, um, youth worker. And that's not to say that at our age, you can't do this stuff, but well, the whole reason around one five being set up as a trust was to allow the Sulis and the next generation of youth workers to come back and support young people in our community. Mm. We don't need it to be one or two people forever and ever. I mean, you know, we oh, need it to but, be. But wouldn't you like want to be just overseeing it? Like still be the head yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, is, so is that, but yeah. Yeah. That oh, that's so, what you'd want. Yeah. So what's your role now in running around for five? Are you, are you still like... So you're like managing director? So, yes, yeah. I still... Oh, so I kind of just look after the team. So like... Okay. Um, oh, kind of just look... So yeah, you know, one of the founders and uh, uh, basically the 
the the team leader for our our stuff. You and your so, wife? Yeah, so yeah, she's she's the big boss. She's our manager. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, most of her 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 job is around making sure that you know we can fund the team to be out there. Um, and we're getting requests all the time for for work, but we just don't have the capacity to to meet it all. But at the same time, we have to like I said, we have to grow responsibility. Yeah. If we grow too fast, then it becomes about the money as opposed to the quality of, of working. Mm, you know. Yeah, and, that's mean. Yeah. And so, um, so when our staff. Uh, like I said, at, at a particular level, and and they're at a really good level at the moment. But when they're at a, a particular level, where we can step away from more stuff, then that allows us to invest in more stuff to come through because they they yeah. set the new bar, eh, you know. Yeah. So, so I guess that's the plan. And in, in terms of the funding, like we, we're really fortunate that our funders believe in us. So, uh, council, local board, they 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 support us a lot. Um, <laughs> so who who's the connection there? I, I remember a few years ago. Um, Suli put up um, Linda Cooper, like so, like so. I think he was helping out. I don't know if he was handing out flyers, but he was saying like support Linda Cooper. Did she have? Does she how yeah. is she associated with the one three five? So, so um, once again, through our new action project. So years and years. Oh, later, so she's been. Yeah. Uh, so she's been so, in that um, that whole hub as yeah, well. This whole. So um, I think um, maybe about six, seven years ago, she was uh, uh, the chairperson for for our new action project at that time, and. Um, we were looking to go next level. So at that point, we were looking to establish ourselves as a trust and we come back to Rhino Action Project um, and uh, just ask for some help to, to set us up legally as a legal entity. Yeah. Um, so she, she kind of helped us from that point, uh, got us connected to some some people in some places and, and Rhino Action Project umbrellaed us in the first couple of years. Um, so Suli was our first um, employee Oh. He was working for us, <laughs> yeah. Um, but because we didn't have the, the legal infrastructure in place, um, he was being paid through run reaction projects. Okay. So the money was coming for the work that we were doing, but but through them. And then, so Linda Cooper, she was really integral in, in that. Uh, we've had some other, you know, really uh, good supporters too, um, especially for run action project. Di Jennings at the beginning, any more key um, later on. Um, Emma Frost as well. Um, so those are like key people. Um, but then we also got a really good relationship with our local board. Um, one of the, the strong advocates there is, uh, is a community broker through council, um, Betty. Um, she's trying to remember her last name now. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, she's been she's been amazing in terms of helping uh, uh, bring resource to what we do. And then you got uh, some of the philanthropists, uh, Foundation North. They, you know, they support um, J.R. McKenzie as well. So, so there's kind of philanthropist organisations that want to support and not have too much hands on and okay. not not, not mm. kind of dictate what the outcome should be. Um, and that's the kind of relationships we kind of have with our um, our funders because with government, government always gets aligned to yeah, something. Yeah, 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 outcome. yeah. yeah. And that's not to say that we we've been funded by government before for for certain for certain things, but we're always clear in our mind that our, our ideal thing is eventually to be uh, have a level of self funding, you know. Yeah. So doing that through social enterprise, being able to generate income to use it in the way that our community needs it, without having to do something else just so you can do what you know was needed. Yeah, you know, you so. know, uh, you know how you're saying with that. Um with the government because they were, you know you would have had to tick some boxes about um, you know rehab, rehabbing or getting like they want to see results in that like you 
like I'd see didn't they couldn't they see how how you guys are more like um like prevention is better than treatment like it's getting to these kids and having given them alternative not having like sending them out before they like before they actually turn and you getting them back because you'd rather have building within them the um the self self-esteem and all because you like you yeah. can see it with what you guys do you know and that's pretty that's a pretty slack reason to not give you like uh funding and that you know do they have would you have would they approve that kind of funding or no, i mean uh, unfortunately like i think there, there are pockets of that that uh of funding that doesn't invest but they don't in, in there's the not a, there's yeah but i think the the general model um they still yeah. exist as one of a deficit. Yeah, so see, you, see what I mean? You like invest in fixing stuff as opposed yeah. to preventing it. Hey, you know, yeah. so, um, but but your model is the one where you're helping them from an early age, and you're building them into uh, to good people and sending them out there instead of getting back broken people and then trying to fix them. You know what I mean? And that's not yeah. look good on paper, though. Yeah, oh no, yeah, that's what I. But that's a sad thing. Yeah, that's yeah. the sad thing about. And I think we're, that's what we're talking about too with um, with the Labour Party. How they just mm. feels like they're chasing popularity rather than. And this is the perfect type of thing, yeah. what they want to get, get acknowledgement for, like, um, or not get acknowledgement for, like, they don't want to fund something that's doing good, because they want something bad that turns into good. That, yeah, that, that yeah. people can see, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whoa, you change this, instead of funding something that is actually growing, but organic, like, like the 135, like, you're helping, you're helping kids, you're changing mm. lives, but but not enough to, you know, have people yeah. from the Western League that come yeah. in. And you I, know? I guess, I mean, like, um, uh, like and we're not the only one too. You know, there's other youth organisations, the community grassroots, um, all around New Zealand who are doing the same thing. You know, like in terms of, um, just doing things because it's uh it's for their own patch and for yeah. the young people that they care about. You know, so they they feel a sense of responsibility to 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 do that, and they're doing it voluntarily still in a lot of communities. We're really fortunate that we're able to employ people. Yeah. Um, and that was because, you know, as we talked about being volunteers, like we knew that. Um, it would be unfair to expect, you know, another generation of people to do it that way, you know, because everyone's got to eat. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's um, right. And, and you're trying to cause a like a viable model or a viable mm. option for them to that they can still, like, you've brought them yeah. up to be leaders, and then they can get paid for it. Eh? You know, yeah. that's and I, I mean, you got um, I think the government talk about you know focus on well being. Um, and for me, it's like you know where does well being start? So they're talking about investing in. Uh, uh, more counselling and access to counselling stuff, which is good. That, that's definitely needed, but it need to balance it out with making sure that we don't need counselling as well. So mm, that for right. those who need it, sweet. Mm. Yeah. But if we can avoid people needing counselling, then that's good too. You yeah. Know? So and that's where you would fill that void. I mean, you know, not fill yeah, the void, catch, but yeah. you're getting these kids and teaching them values and and um, to self respect and bringing up their confidence, self confidence in their day. Like you yeah. see that, like how you said, sports is one of those vehicles, right? Like mm. that you've. So uh, you know that people probably would never would probably be down <laughs> next to me playing spaces down at Smith and Wong's. These kids are out there playing and 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 identifying their gifts, you know, their sports gifts or their gifts on rapping. Because that's another thing. Used to we used to do music and and that as well, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's um so one of the things that we like I said, you know, started out as sports, but you know we try to diversify with our you know whoever comes to us to. Rather than making young people fit what we provide, you know, we just work around what young people are after at the time. And so, sports is still a massive um, interest for our, our youngsters. So we still provide the sports stuff, but then 
we also had a growing interest in, in, in the arts, particularly around music. So we're really fortunate there was a producer who came in, uh, so lab test, as in the same building as us. And uh, came in for a blood test for his wife, who's about to give birth. And um, he saw that there was a youth service in there. So he sent us a message to an email that we don't even use because um, it's a, it's like an admin email and we didn't have an admin at the time. <laughs> so um, he sent an email, hey man, I'm a, I'm a local producer. Uh, you know, I'd be interested in, in doing some mentoring uh, for free even. And then um, I think it took us about a month to see it. I was like, oh, what was this? Hey, bro, are you still interested? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, this is not a, there's a 30-day trial. And you, <laughs> this is day 32. <laughs> yeah, yeah, send some money to this Nigerian bank account. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, so Abraham Kunin, his name, that's his name, and he's worked with uh, all sorts of people. So some of the up-and-coming uh, artists like um, uh, Mellow Downs, uh, he's worked with Tom Scott from um, Homebrew. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think even... Um, Jim Wigmore and that so yeah. and he's been you know he was based over in New York for a little while and stuff Damn. and he's he's a he's a, he's a local to White Tech yeah went to White Tech <sighs> came back um, and you know just wanted to go back to the community so so he's put a, a a few people through the mentoring not everyone maybe managed to uh, produce some stuff but there's a couple of young artists Millie Way um, he's got an EP out on Spotify wait, wait is Millie Way ba- is based on the street yeah based on the street <laughs> Millie Way <laughs> I was like, really, wait, uh, that's yeah, a mean, yeah. oh, hang on, this, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a street that runs off Books Road. Yeah, no, for <laughs> real, great. so Millie Way and then um, Suave Suave is the other guy, Suave, Suave times two. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, and it's a, it's a, it's a local sound, and they're just two, uh, and there's some who aren't even doing our, um, just on the music plug, there's, a, there's some who aren't even part of our program, but they're like budding musicians from the neighborhood, so there's a, that's mean rapper, his name's um, uh, Ranui Mas, and uh Sometimes he goes under the Rise Era uh, tag, um, you know, after the street. Yeah, yeah, but you know, Rise Era. Play on words. Damn. Come on, boy. I'm gonna have to come up my DJ name, uh, my FC <laughs> Star Starling. Yeah, but so, and and man, honestly, like, he's got he's, he's he's got a really really fat sound. So um, yeah, so there's so it's just trying to provide avenues for uh, where the energy's at. Hey, you know, so. Um, at the moment, with the sports as well, uh, we kind of ventured into basketball this year. It's a, it's a new thing for us because it's always just been touch and tag. Um, and um, well, like, I think within two, two uh, what do you call it, two terms of basketball, there's kids going from like Starling Park shoot around to being like, I think in the, I think they're coming like second or third or something in their comp. Oh, nice. They're playing against kids who've been playing for years, you know, hey, so... Uh- I think I heard, I remember I caught up with Edifier one Saturday and she said that she went, uh, there was a team of kids that went over to the Avondale. Oh, and yeah. They played yeah. At that club and, and they've done really well over there, eh? Did yeah, they? yeah, man. So yeah. They, were they just local kids who played ball and they thought, let's go take on these guys from Citro and show them what Stalin Park stars got? Or? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean there's this one of the talent guys, he's, he's from our staff too, uh, young fella, Buster Malani. He, um, he's, a, he's a baller through and through. And uh, it's just him and, and a few of his mates just went down to the the comp. I think they made it to the to the quarters. I think or semis. But I mean, you got some of the some really solid ballers down there. You know, know. there's no I muck mean, around kind of. Haven't there's always been you know, like famous for having like um mm. they had big like Lindsay Tate, Lindsay Tate, all yeah. those guys come up. Uh, BJ Anthony. School. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Another thing, like a, a cool thing um, that's happening out west, and I think how we were tw- talking about how you've um, branched down into basketball is that. Um, Liston and I think Missy High, but Liston especially, they're in the um, prem comp 
you know the and so basketball's making a, a big like um surge like it's yeah, kind of, have you noticed that like yeah, the, like no, it's it's sure. the new remember back in the like oh, when we were at college eh, like the nineties and that in the mid nineties that was the that was like basketball was booming man yeah, like you know I'd, so that was I'd, Michael Jordan yeah. like um that's when everyone was trying to play but like you know everyone on our weekends would go up to you know either play White Sack or Liston or down to Corbin's or down to yeah, Corbin's down you know Corbin's, yeah, yeah down to Corbin's and I, so I remember playing your wife you know she was yeah, you know right. her yeah, family's yeah. like all basketball players as well true, you know true. Yeah, yeah. and then like now that Liston and um basketball's making a resurgent you can see it, it's um, filtering out into the neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Like Ranui yeah. now. That's why I'm like real anxious to get that. There's hoops up at, like I hope that, you know, the, we can find an avenue of um, getting some proper hoops up at, at Stanley because I, I guarantee that'll be the spot to be, you know, instead of everyone going out Saturday night or Saturday day and, and like yeah, just yeah. catching the train and causing <laughs> mischief. The, the spot to be will be up at the, um, up at Starling Park, you know, playing ball, watching people, you know, me pick yeah. up games because people kind of gravitate to that day. Eh? Like, you know, when you find out where all the where the ballers are at, you know, yeah. people start coming. You know, you get guys coming from out central or south to just yeah. Man. You know, I hope that we can, you know, it sounds like we're building that kind of reputation, eh? Yeah. And, and if Council's worried about um about spending money on the hoops, they got no excuse because you can get those chain nets. That's it. The yeah. chain nets up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. forever. Well, the, you know, if you think about it, like it's the most cost-effective sport you can have. It you put up two hoops, a piece of cement, yeah, and all you have to do is provide your own ball. You know yeah. what? You know, there's nothing. There's no other hidden cost there on basketball. You know, it's like soccer. You just go kick the ball, and basketball is exactly the same. Yeah, no, hard. And, and I think, like, I mean, I mean, Stanley Park as well. You know, like, there's the heaps of local legends, eh, bro? Heaps of local legends. So, yeah. like the Epati Twins. Oh yes, uh, you know, Matt and Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anare, uh, Buka, yeah, you know, yeah. So like, um, there's kind of like a like a pedigree around that that quarter, you know, and the history and stuff. Yeah. You know, so, um, and that's why you know I think it's really hard for our, our bowlers to move from Starling down yeah. to the new park, even though the new park's flash and beautiful. Well, it's um, still a bit of a it's still a bit inconvenient to get there, eh? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know, um, Starling Park, you just park up. Or it's all walking distance. You just pack up on the side of the road, you walk up. If, if there's other new hoops, it's still, but you know, you still got other, um, you've got to walk through the um, basketball area to get to the um, playground and all that. But yes, you know, sir. it's standing parked up, it's right next to the side of the road, so you just straight in, in and out. You know, in saying that, do you know if there's any, like if you go to all the places in um, Australia and that, they, they, they know how to do public parks, you know, because they've got, yeah. Um, they've got barbecue facilities in that. Do you think um, Stunning Park or you know something like that, we could possibly have those kind of things to make it more? So uh, they got the barbecue down at the new park. Oh so, yeah, 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 I know got, that. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, I, I haven't heard of it coming to Stunning, but yeah, I think that's definitely something that um, yeah, would help the parky. Eh? You know, yeah. I think you know, um, just because like you know, like we said, it's like a, it's like a. It's like a soul park, yeah. You know That's what I mean? It, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's got so much well, meaning for people, man. Well, man, if, if we go, if we go all the way back, uh, <laughs> I remember those fifty-man touch, fifty-man <laughs> touch games back there in the. Um, and the you know the nineties you know the from the true, mid, true. you know yeah. that's and that's for all the it's only because like you could go and I, I guess this is in any part of Auckland if you go somewhere and you know like so I'm sure you know oh that's um you know sewer like yeah you yeah. know if you're from Ranui you know another person from Ranui and that's the one connection 
you haven't, it was usually, you usually meet them either down at, you know, other yeah. plain spaces or you meet them at Stunning Park. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for sure. And like, um, it's 50 on 50, but maybe only 10 people touch the ball. That's board. it. <laughs> That's it. Like, we used to always make the joke, eh? Hey, oh, sorry, man. You're going to have to, you know, buy a ticket to get the ball, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nah, hard, hard, hard. Bro, but, but um, I guess, I mean, sorry, man, just get back on that basketball thing. Just, man, I just thought about it now, but we've got a three on three comp next week and that's just a reflection of the energy that the young people are having around basketball so yeah. down at the new park oh nice um, well it is you know yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's that's perfect for those kind of things eh? you yeah, know what I mean because yeah, yeah, yeah. I know uh, Robson has his um, he has his basketball uh, poly jam yeah he's poly got poly jam, jam there every year but you say the 135 has a three on three comp down there yeah 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 so we've got a three on three comp next Tuesday man so um, and it's just uh, it's, it's part of a lot of organisations they're just trying to provide um opportunities for for people to have access to sport and basketball is expensive man i mean it, like for for our team to play and they're only juniors they're, so they're playing in like a under 15 comp and it costs like i think 800 dollars for them oh, just school to play. team fees yeah for team fees you know so so that's what this, this tournament's about is just giving more access to the games for people to play mm. it in a competitive environment because everyone can shoot around hoops you know mm. but it's a chance for them to test themselves out against some other ballers and stuff. Is it a open age? Is it? Yeah, it's open age. Oh, so okay. you know, dads can play with their kids and stuff. Yeah, I know. Oh, Alves might be here. Yeah. <laughs> I know him and his kids, mate. They're bullies. Yeah, yeah on the court, man. Yeah, can so. jump in, nice. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> I just think because um, how Sam and that you know they they love to play ball mm. and that'd be perfect. Yeah, for right. them. yeah perfect oh, for them yeah. to get back. The son's on our team too. He's solid. Yeah. yeah, he's he's mean. He's like um, he's like one of the kind of the bigger bodies in our team. Yeah, yeah. he's um, he's kind of like one of the leaders because most of the kids they're still in intermediate school, but they're playing under fifteens. Yeah, <laughs> they, they missed the mm. they missed the date for the for their <laughs> age group. Oh, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> so what's the name of that team? So uh, it's Mon- Monkey Yellows. Oh, okay. That's another story as well. <laughs> so that's so that's the name of all the sports teams that we have. So um. Same thing. The boys tried to name the, the... So it started out as a touch team up at uh, Moya Park and Messi back in 2003. Um, that was one of the first ventures we had into sport. And, um, uh, you know, they're coming up with this name. And so we used the initials against TME. So, like, oh, yeah, sweet. They want to use the TME. We'll call them the Monkey Yellow. <laughs> so they, they rock up to the first game and they're looking for themselves T- on the draw. T- yeah. I mean, they wanted to call themselves the Mad Engravers. Or oh, like that. <laughs> they're looking on the draw and they go, gee, where are we? I go, yeah, right there. And they go, Monkey <laughs> so they hated the name yeah. for, for ages, but then it's good. Like, yeah, gross. Yeah. And by yeah. the end of the season, they're like, you know, like everyone wanted to wear their t shirt that they had and stuff, you know. So, like, oh, yo, solid. Oh, I just did it there for a bit of a mock, but it's, you know, it's worked out. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, a lot of the kids, you know, how um, so tag um, is a is a big out um, runway, yes, yes. Yeah, a lot of them do um. I know that um, Christian um, Edith's um, African son. African son. Yeah, yeah. He's played for Waitangi. Do a lot of the boys um, have they made um, yeah uh, rip through um, just playing tag through um, one through five? Yeah. Through the, yeah. So I mean, that's the cool thing is that like uh, a lot of kids have just come through and uh, playing at the park is like the first time. So down at Ranu, they main on a Wednesday in the summer. It's their first time just trying it out. And it just so happens that uh, a lot of the coaches of the rep teams and stuff are connected to that as well. Um, and so they, they put together some junior teams around it. Um, you know, Edith, in her role with um, the junior part of uh, Waitakere Tag, uh, is able to, you know, like, uh, pathway these guys straight from dropping. 
from the from the pickup games into uh, to rep environment, you know. So like, um, and they're good men. They're really really good, eh? you know. So they played for I think Americans are more uh, Tonga on the weekend at the Oceania. Yeah. Um, you know, they were, and so many different teams. You know, just kids from the park. So that's that's really cool. Um, and it's um, I mean I think Christian. I think he's he's you know Burundi born in New Zealand, but. I think he plays for American Samoa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can only do that in Tag. <laughs> yeah, that's sport, it, man. You can play for any country. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's really cool um, just seeing someone who, who comes down, maybe can't pass the ball. I mean, Christian, bro, he was terrible. <laughs> um, oh, I shouldn't say terrible, but he was pretty uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I thought, oh, just, it's probably worse. But, um, you know, in, in terms of, like, all the kids his age were just better than him. And then all of a sudden he just started growing into his body, and now he's the man. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know that's good. yeah that's the cool thing about it. Yeah, is that you don't know who's going to be good at anything, but you give someone an opportunity, and then they just might run away with it. Eh? Yeah. So yeah. Christian is um, is he one of the kids that? Um. So his family's from Ranui. Yeah. Um. You he came to one three five in the early days. Yeah. So like. So how old was? Do you remember what are your early recollections of him um, coming and that's. That would be a perfect example of some of one three five helping. So probably about twelve o'clock. Oh, twelve o'clock. Twelve years old. Twelve o'clock. Yeah. We don't know where that came from. But <laughs> twelve years old, he come down to the Ranu Domain with his mates. Uh, he'd been around the holiday program um, and just came down to to play tag with you know the rest of the neighbourhood. So um, yeah, and then with you know by the time he's sixteen, you know he's he's gone from someone who you know, could hardly catch a ball, could hardly pass, to being like probably the you know, one of the best players from the that um from his age group. Yeah. Know? So yeah, no, he's a he, he's a mean talent. He had his first year with the Seagulls this year. Um went there, started out with the reserves and ended up um uh becoming fullback within you know a matter of games. Oh, know? for so, the top for top side. Yeah, for top side. You know, and he's fresh out of school. Yeah. You know? So um and yeah, there's, there's there's so much talent man in the neighborhood. Uh, it's just a matter of trying to make sure that uh that um, you know the, the opportunities are always there for them to express it. Yeah, you must. Where do you get your energy for all this stuff? It's true, um, man. True that. It's yeah. like man, there's so much there. It's, there's a lot of stuff there. Well, yeah, uh, and, yeah, energy and passion, man. Because uh, harder, very. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been at some kind of reaching point. Like, I've done yeah. enough. I've done enough for the people of Rome. Yeah, that's enough. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm trying. I've tried my best. <laughs> no, but for real, man, like Eric said, where do you, where do you get the energy from, man? Uh, I think, uh, you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, I think that the meeting we had <laughs> back in. Uh, Damn, that lit a fire, that, right? Yeah, that lit a fire. That lit a fire because, you know, like, uh, you know, for me, I was like, man, you know, like um, you didn't even know us. Hey, you know that's, what I mean? you know, that's not <laughs> no, even that's the true, true man. thing. True that. Yo. I still don't believe the stats. <laughs> <laughs> nah, and, and um, even um, I mean, I guess the other thing of, of that too is that understanding that uh, like my my parents, like my my dad used to do the the youth at church and stuff. Hey, you know, so like I had some 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 modeling on kind of like how to how to frame things, you know, from a uh, a youth point of view you know so he was really good at uh in his role there in, in terms of helping us think outside the box and stuff and the other thing i remember too growing up is that uh we had heaps of mums because you know that was back in the, the one income family 
you know, so dad was a good work. The mum stay home. You got all these kids, and especially in the holidays, and they would organize in our street. They the mums would get together and organize things for us to do on the holidays, and it kind of made me remember back to like those things that I mean, these people they were just looking after their kids. You know, they weren't getting paid. Mm. I wasn't attached to any program or anything. They're just like, man, we got all of these snotty nose kids running around the street. We got to do something, you know. So they organize like treasure hunts, uh, bus trips to Hamilton just for a day out, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I was like, man, uh, I remembered all of those things. Um, and you know what a buzzer it was to sit on a bus with your mates going out of town, just thinking like, well, this is amazing. Thinking Hamilton's like a miracle or something. You know? it's, <laughs> yeah, it's almost yeah. like we went on a plane, <laughs> but. Um, and we just wanted to kind of reciprocate and kind of just provide that kind of thing. So I think the thing that gives me energy is is uh, seeing uh, what young people can do, you know. So we, if they're successful in anything, then we all celebrate it as a community, you know. And so yeah. it's not that we own what they do, but mm. we, we're like, man, see, see, there's another person illustrating that we're not that That's picture. a good way of putting <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's even wider than Ranul, you know. So I think for, for our Pacific people, it's trying to understand that um, uh, we, you know, we're the descendants of, of the best nav- navigators, eh, you know. So um, where's that going? You know, like where, where's that um, sense of adventure? Where's that sense of uh, of of just going out, discovery, and, you know, yeah. <laughs> discovering yeah, yeah, what's yeah. out in the yeah. world? Where's all of that gone? You know, so um, so I think for me is understanding that uh, as much as New Zealand has has been great for us, it's also kind of uh, put us in a box. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we believe in that box too hard. <laughs> you know, so we measure our success based on what the success for New Zealanders. You know, what I mean, like. Um, it's not always about money. It's not always about um, about trying to uh, um, have have uh, a mean ass job or a flash ass house and stuff. That stuff's still good too. If, um, if people achieve that, then that's solid. But it's, it's making sure that whatever path you have for yourself, you just, you pick your own path. You know, you don't have to go chase money. You don't have to go chase work or jobs and stuff. So. And I think this, this, sorry, I'm going on now, but. No, man. No, man. People yeah. want to hear. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so I think one of the things that, you know, for Australia, you know, in terms of, you know, there's, there's another migration that's happening. So we come here in the 60s, 70s uh, for a better life. And now we're moving to Australia for a better life on mass. Hey, you know, so one thing that says to, to me is that we've come here for a better life and we're now moving for another better life. So uh, I'm trying to understand, you know, um, what helps create that, eh? you know, like um, how much responsibility we're taking as a people to de- develop the life we want for ourselves, eh? you know, so. Yeah, I, I get that too, man. I think about that as well. Like, yeah. exactly that. Like, people moving out to Australia. Well, what happened to here? I mean, couldn't we do something here? Mm. Yeah. I mean, we're moving there for more money. We're still going to be the same. Yeah. Mm. It's just the only thing difference is, is more money. More money. Mm. But then, is, it, is the inequality thing going to be the same? Because, I mean, the, the thing for me is that, like, we're still doing the same stuff that yeah. we did when we first came here. You know, it's the jobs that that Australians don't want to do. You know, mm. it's just the same mm. thing when we came here. It's the jobs that New Zealanders yes, didn't want to do. Mm. And they complained about us when all the jobs started, you know, um, drying up Drain and up. saying, like, hey, man, shucks, as you fellas will come and take our jobs. Oh, no, no, we're doing the jobs you didn't want. Yeah, you know? The All Blacks ain't complaining. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly, and and as much as I love the All Blacks and and, and the Kiwis, you know, like you know, uh, I'm kind of proud of kind of the movement, especially around with um, yeah. the Tongan Rugby League team. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's just mm. that uh, I mean, 
Jason Tomololo at the peak of his powers, you know, to to be able to say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna represent my my heritage, and he's still a proud Kiwi, you know. He was disappointed as when the All Blacks lost uh, semi final. Um, you could hear it in his voice, but but he's also a proud Tonga, you know. And and there's nothing wrong with being proud of both. And I think the the thing about New Zealand is that, um, you know, a lot of oh, I saw some some meme the other day or or some some post. Uh, someone was saying they, they showed a house of a, uh, with all these Tongan flags at the front and they're saying is it uh, do you think we should support people who are prouder of being part of another country than this country and I was like mate what, that's, are, you, what are you talking about that's a, a pretty ignorant uh, view to look at things you know that's <clears throat> because that I mean no whoever put wrote that meme you know it's because we're supposed to you can it, Still support, you know, where your family's from, and still be like um, represent, like um, identify as a Kiwi. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's. I think the Cameron's example, like his passion for Manu Samoa. You know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't share that passion. I love Manu, but this guy, man, he's all in. Like you know, and just like you would be with uh, with Newey, and that you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're asking someone to disconnect from. Because that's your that's your history, eh? that's your that's your yeah. mum and dad, you know, like you know, telling someone that you can't represent. Mm. Um, was that was so? Was, was that was the yeah. point of that meme? The way that you yeah, can't, yeah. They, 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 you're like, you know, it's, it's basically, and uh, I mean, even the fact that they're sharing a house with Tongan flags, you know, why mm. does it have to be that? Yeah, mm. you know what I mean, like. Why, why didn't they show a house with, uh, with Union Jacks on it? That's right. You know I mean? Yeah, that's you right. Know, so or, uh, some house in the, in, that's, in that's because that, uh, the English flag outside, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that goes back to like, goes back to culture, right? Because uh, yeah. I don't see any, um, yeah, like you said, I don't see any, um, but like he's looking to the Union Jack flag. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, they were yeah, disconnected yeah, yeah. from England a long, long time ago. Because there was no culture, right? Yeah, like us. So, but we so have, okay. but we have a point of yeah. reference. Yeah, we yeah. have reference, you know, because our families. And uh, but it's but it's not really a full disconnect, you know. I mean, because the so they might have dis- disconnected from England in terms of nationalism, but mm. they they still connected to England in terms of uh, how we live here, you know. So so much yep, of yep. the the worldview and and uh, what we eat and what we value. The fact that we celebrate Christmas, all of these things, you know, that's that's uh, has a British heritage to it because we didn't celebrate it in the Pacific, you mm-hmm. know, until until um, um, Christianity came to the yeah. to the Pacific. There yeah. is the point of uh, colonization. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I guess yeah, no, it's 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 just making sure that um, you know, as much as possible, we we develop for ourselves our own measures of success, and then we develop for ourselves like. Uh, our own frameworks for that to happen, you know. So, um, create our own businesses, eh? you know, create our own businesses, yeah. Um, and not just for our own people, because we've got enough, we've got enough creativity and talent to provide things for the whole world, eh? Yeah. You know? Um. Well, you know, when you're talking about um, developing our own businesses, and you're talking about Henderson, like uh, when I drive, you know, when we do our recordings, and I drive from here, you drive through. Um, the middle of Henderson, it's like a ghost town, man. Yo, I'd hey, you know what I mean? Like, mm. you've got all these shops and no one's out there. Go to these things, and then you've got all um, the bar there. It's not even really a bar, but all it is is just um, for people to go 
and hide away at the picky machines. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's so... Well, well, you know, you look at it when Henderson is right in the middle of Northwest and um, Newland. They've upgraded Newland. Yeah. yeah. They've, they've, they've built Northwest. It's sort of sucked everyone that's out right. from... So everyone that was on the fringes that would come into Henderson, now like they've, you know, you've yeah. got Brickworks and then you've got yeah, um, that's right. up at um, Northwest. But like you were saying, like, how come we can't, you know, yeah, it's yeah. close to Ranui, so how come we can't start a business or... So, uh, yeah, no, like something that people can gravitate towards, or you know, make a make a product that people want to come in, you know. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And I think, I mean, that's you know, like um, being being really creative about how we do that too, you know, because sometimes it's brick and mortar in terms of uh, having a shop, and sometimes it's using you know online platforms um, and trying to. Those uh, garlic chips have a start. It's yeah, got like, chips, <laughs> me. Yeah. Well, see, that's, that's the thing about what everyone associates with um, Ranui. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, because it's funny when we, we talk about that. Because um, when I go to places, I went to. I was telling these guys, I went to a family. We had a family thing out south, and I met this guy. Uh, he was like, I have, ne- I've never met him before, but we were related through like we were the same village and all that. And he said to me, "Oh, salut, where are you from?" I said, "Oh, Ranui." He goes, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, they, oh, yeah. oh so the hood and like just like your reaction when you saw that stats like you know mm. bro I looked at him like where was you from like uh, I must have seen an angle so I'm from um, Bruce McLaren and I, this guy from Bruce McLaren is <laughs> calling me calling Ranui the hood like, when, mm. did we sw- when did we swap roles because we were all you know Ranui kind of felt like Bruce McLaren in the yeah. way with his islanders and, and, and Bailangis coexisting together you know what, you know what? This, this Ranui like the um What's the North Shore one? Um, is it Beach Haven? Beach Haven. Yeah, is Ranui like the Beach Haven of, of West Auckland? Or maybe like Beach Haven's the, <laughs> the yeah. Ranui oh. of North Shore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. But yeah, nah, uh, yeah, possibly because I think... In terms of perception yeah, yeah. for perception, the rest of Auckland. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, perception. Like, like it's a pocket. It's a pocket. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Is that why? Is that why? Like every little thing that happens once every blue moon, yeah. we get... We get pinged for being that place. Yeah, yeah, you know, like like yeah, like yeah. those two those two kids that robbed um, St. Luke's and they called the train back to Ranu. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it was yeah, in the paper. That's right. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. automatically you think, oh, okay, Ranu, and then automatically you think about the the Ranu train station video um, bullying going on. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. and then you take it a few years back and and, and those murders that happened like three in a row in one week. That's right. Mm, yeah, two right. long pox or something. Yeah, that's the only news that seems to come out. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. But then because we're like one off place in West Auckland the whole of West Auckland yeah like everyone the perception is oh that's a bad place because like, yeah, yeah. you don't hear New Lynn or or Avondale or you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. bad not things not being presented in the same way that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, right. yeah. that's probably because the reporters have to live there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but like yeah like that perception where, uh, where does it come from because I still um, when I tell people I tell them proudly that I'm from Ranui or and then when they kind of go oh man like they kind of give you that side look like yeah, no, you look no. you can you can actually still stay there <laughs> but you know um, I don't know why that is eh? you know I'm still trying to come I mean, to, I mean you guys are big influence right to the kids I mean doing good things yeah yeah you guys for, for years for 10 years right yeah. I mean that's got to count for something it's going on 20 now eh? yeah and I, I mean, I mean the, one of the cool things so so back in um in Ranui, there's a group of youngsters who uh, have a platform called Realize, and it's basically it's a it's their attempt to balance out the narrative. You know, so like not just about Ranui, but about young people in general. You know, so um, 
they're telling stories, you know, uh, I think one of the pieces they, you know, they go out to the neighborhood and they just ask, you know, you know, you know, what comes to mind when you hear the word Ranui? And this is asking the locals to well, talk about their own. Uh, did they post some videos on? Yeah, this? yeah, I yeah. Think yeah. I saw so one of the, yeah. I think it was maybe back in 2017, I think yeah, this was yeah, put yeah. together and, um, uh, you know, people made reference to the murders and some of the drugs and some of the, you know, the kind of the, the things that uh, the media put out there. But then, you know, it's all really well balanced by uh, the people who are proud to, to live there and, and say that they're from there and um, have grown up there. So that's the whole point of Realize was to balance out, you know, and make sure that um, it wasn't to compete with the, the mainstream media, no. but it was to, to add to the to the story, you know, and make it make sure that people, oh, okay, sweet. So it's all good, you know. Um, and then, um, what, was, what was it? Uh, some of the other things they, they've done as well is um, trying to expose the rest of the world to Ranui or Ranui young people or Ranui to the rest of the world, eh, you know? So um, I think um, just recently they did a story about Cookie House. Um, yeah, yeah, I, saw, I watched yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, yeah, yeah. I was one of the first ones. And I think that's one of the gems, eh, in terms of like the yeah. bakeries. I think they made one of the... So it's maybe it was top, a, uh, one of the top. It was a metro yeah, magazine. Metro magazine, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. it's funny because I um, when he moved, so um, the guy who owns it, uh, we went. I went with my nieces, and this is late 2017, like um, Labor Weekend, and I said to him, "Hey, man, uh, of all the places, you know why, why Ranui, bro? Because you know he, he, he was because he was he was um, he's one of those um, guys that looks like he blew up through those." Farmers markets and night markets and all that, like he was, he was getting a big rip through that, and then he decided to settle down and and open. and I said to him, you know, like like straight up, I said, bro, why why run we, man? And he said, why not? Yeah. And I thought that's enough for me, man. Now, can I get ten of those? Uh, <laughs> ten of those peanut butter. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's, and that's the cool thing because I mean, I, I thought the same thing, and I'm pretty sure heaps of people have too. It's like, man, this is a bit of a bougie store. Yeah, you know, like you know, it might be something that you'd find in in, in a city somewhere. That's um, but it's in Ranui, and it's so cool. And, and one of the cool things we found out uh, when when the crew went down there to do their video was that um, the the guy's partner. Like she grew up around here, you know. So yeah, th- I yeah, think that's yeah, another yeah, thing he yeah, said yeah, that yeah. she was from around there as well. So yeah, and so that's cool that you know someone who's who's grown up from there um, isn't afraid to try and invest in the area, you know. And I think they're looking to employ someone um, to join the team and in, in the and in back in the kitchen and stuff. So you know, um, you know, they're creating uh, work opportunities for the locals as well. You know, so that's a, that's a mean story and. Uh, um, because, you know, I guess the first time I saw it, I was like, no, oh, it's gentrification's coming. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. $5 cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $5 yeah. donuts. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't even about that. You know, it's yeah. just people who, who's got a connection to the area and wanting to, you know, come and invest in the area. Yeah, so, well, yeah. like, I learned early, like, because, you know, the Samoan, the island of Vigo is like this. <laughs> what? $5 for one cookie? Man, I can eat about three of those, eh? Halfway through the second one, bro, I was getting, like, um, sugar rush, eh? <laughs> Because, you know, my mind, they're big, they're big biscuits, man. But you know what? I was, you know, just too much for a man. Like, what's telling the girls, watch this, man. Uncle Life's going to polish this back up to me. I was like, man, these are so rich. These are so good. I should really, I learned early that, you know, just buy enough, you know, maybe one after every meal, you know, two if you're feeling really adventurous. But, you know, they, he's like, the cool thing about that is that when I was there, um, it was all the, these, a lot of white people, 
we were there as well. And, and I knew they were out of towners because, you know, you could tell them, like, they were, you know how you see people are looking for places and they, they're they looking down and looking up, you know, <laughs> they the must GPS be using thing, GPS. The Google, yeah. yeah, so I was looking at them and they all hopped out and he goes, oh, here it is, kids, you know, all single file, all the kids hop out. And it's a cool thing, like, it's bringing people out here, you know, that, yeah. like, it's it, it was big enough of a brand yeah. to get people to come some person these kids probably are from Mission Bay or something yeah. to come all the way and try um, these biscuits that's based in, in the heart around <laughs> it's, it's a destination so that's right that's you'll, right you'll come to Rony just for their shop yeah where's this again? on uh, Pooks Road Pooks Road shop just opposite uh, the train station tra- yeah, yeah, just opposite the train yeah. station yeah, yeah, yeah. next to the laundry there yeah, yeah right next door. Well, it's not a well, it's, well, it's not a bakery, eh? If it's a, it's just cookies, eh? So it's yeah, bakery. Yeah. Oh, okay. Does, does bakery yeah, encompass so bread just, and yeah. all that, or does, yeah. is it just a cookie house? It's cookies. Yeah, because yeah. it's cookie specialists, yeah. eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's yeah, it's, it's next to that old school bakery. You know, that's yeah. been there forever. But um, uh, and and you know, I mean, Shucks, they even you know they're bringing vegans to the store because they got vegan uh, products and uh, keto as well. They got mm. the keto stuff, so yeah. it's bringing a whole different kind of customer yeah. to the neighborhood yeah. so it's pretty cool man well that whole area like I've noticed um, it's all changing too you know Pooks Road and um, even Sturgis and all that Yeah, like yeah, the houses yeah. like um, I always go through like when I do my daydreaming well after I've bought my lotto I get that thing oh so here's where's my house I'm going to buy but then you look at the house like whoa I'm going to have to win the, I need to win Powerball not just Vista Vision these days because <laughs> the houses are you know they're so um, I, I remember, I, I remember Pooks Road back in the days when after after finished primary school, around we just walking to my auntie's house that she lives on. Um, oh, was it Brenna and that? Yeah, yeah. On um, on Kellett. Oh yeah, walk, that's to walk all the way down from Ranui School to over the over the train tracks and yeah. to the shops, then all the way down Pooks. So um, I remember on the left side there was no apartments or no townhouses. Or oh, that's right. The train and all, yeah, yeah. And just the bush behind yeah. the behind the league uh, behind the runway, the main. Eh? There was yeah, no yeah, yeah. Yeah, housing right. there. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just walk down the hill up. Now, now they got the bumps. Then they had the bumps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back then, it's true, yeah, man. man. It's just oh well, you know when we talk about changes, even runway as a whole, you know, like this, you know where the. Um, where you're based, but where the um, medical center is, eh? I remember um, yeah. Bernie's, Bernie's Barn, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. 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 Me, and, uh, me and Pat Morrow were checking about it uh, last night, and he was talking about, mate, I remember, you know, um, all that whole stretch used to be just grass, you know, the back of the starting place, back mm. of our house, and all that. And I remember uh, back in the days, like, because um, there was that old fruit shop that was in the middle, of, <laughs> like, it was just um, all grass, this old rickety. Uh, fruit shop and then you'd yeah, go back right. towards the you know towards the shop and then when you look at it now I, I hope there's someone that's taken the photos over the years because it would be so good to go back and and look and just remember all those times you used to walk to the shop because or just like look at the changes that, that have happened there because oh, just, what was that fruit so shop cool. in, the, in the corner there? that's Birdie's Barn is that Birdie's Barn? yeah is that where uh, Marinich is? no there was one where the start of Marinich Drive yeah, yeah, no, no, that was there was that one w- there. Yeah, 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 that was that's the one I was t- referring to. Oh, yeah, 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 it's like an old, it's the old. Yeah, it was old. old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when was, they had the orchards. Yeah, that's yeah, where. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I remember those. Like the, I had to walk through the, you know, there's little alley, uh, like little grass. Right, you'd have to jump over the fence to yeah. go, just to get to Ranui. True, true. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I mean, I mean, there's there's another project we're working on uh, called Ranui Hut Story, and. Uh, it's basically about 
trying to capture those stories. So, you know, sometimes there's visual pictures of the old stores um, or just the old look of Ranui, you know, trying to share those with people so that people have something to reference about what it was like back in the days. Um, and sometimes the the stories are like written or, or verbal, you know, so being able to <laughs> just hear about what it was like. Because yeah. you know, so, I think it's important, like, uh, what's Ranui going to look like 20 years from now? And what are the, the young kids in 20 years' time? What are they going to know about the, the area? And so we've got some people who, I think there's a lady, uh, her name's Alice Sweetlove, she's about 97, uh, still alive. Um, and she was one of the first, she was the first house in Arnie Road. You know, so um, she's got, I remember we, we went and met her and she was like telling me about um, this uh, kind of like a beauty pageant in um, <laughs> oh, yeah. primary and she's yeah. like telling it like it was yesterday. I was like, oh, that would crazy. be so cool, oh, man. Hard, hard. Yeah. So trying to capture all the kind of, the stories while you know the people are still there and you know everyone's still alive yeah. um, and, and kind of um, just preserve it for the you know for the future generations uh, yeah. Te Maki one of the uh, Kumato, he lives in Ani Road too uh, uh, George Tower um, and he, man, he's got tons of stories of uh, of what the neighbourhood uh, was like especially from a uh, um, uh, Iwi perspective eh, you know mm-hmm. so you know they used to say that Ranui didn't there wasn't really much um, when he was growing up, he had to ride a horse to come from through Ranui <laughs> to get to Henderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Damn, it was just a thoroughfare of just uh, uh, bush or orchards and stuff. Yeah, you know, so. yeah, yeah. I still remember those orchards too. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's funny when you refer to those kind of <clears throat> those stories and that because if you get a fresh choice on the back wall. It's got like old photos of oh, um, yeah? yeah yeah oh the train station yeah 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 and I'm like yeah, that and I'm like you know when I'm standing there when I'm waiting for my um, fruits and um, <laughs> vegetables to be scanned for <laughs> <laughs> well, my healthy keto oh well it's good that I know that uh, keto uh, biscuits are gonna be at uh, cookie house <laughs> so I'm gonna make an appearance just for those now but like you see that and like, uh, I I get a sense of pride mm. you know what I mean mm. I see them and it's cool because those are those are the little things that I'd I'd love to 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 learn about eh. You know, and it's cool that someone's doing that. Uh, that that's a that must be an awesome project, man. Like, you know, I can't wait for that to to come out or when you yeah, you know, yeah, finish no, doing that. Cool. That'll be yeah, yeah. And so, I'm, I'm also thinking about man, there were, there's a few people that came from town eh to settle in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, and I'm wondering if sure. that's because of that whole social engineering thing with putting the factories because there's like industrial areas over at the back of Ranu. Yeah, that's right. Going towards Swanson, yeah. and then you got the you got those industrial stuff beside the. Um, the Domino's that right, street goes down yeah Mahini yeah my dad worked there for years McCallum Industries where they make the bisupo and that the corned beef so oh, so, true, so, true. so it sort of made sense that we moved down here yeah, for that yeah. for yeah. work yeah, yeah, yeah the work yeah. was here yeah no for sure yeah. And, 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 and the orchards yep. were still around here. yeah, yeah. yeah. In the and, and um, I remember I think another big um, pointing point would have been um, Karaholt would have been Kexton yeah, back in that's right remember remember that that had like it's funny because um, when I was at Liston, would have um, um, Samoan practice or dance practice, and every kid, everyone, either all the you'd see a bunch of kids all walking over, you know, would all walk together, and they would split, would all walk towards um, Swanson Road. They'd all go split because their parents were working at um, at Karahope, you gee, know, gee. At, like um, and all their parents, all like it was like a community there. Everyone yeah. that used to work there, they'd mm. been been there for years, you know. We're talking, they used to have a swimming pool, and all the kids used to go and. And my dad, he used to work at um, Carhope, but it was at the bottom of Henderson Valley Road. So he was at oh, Ca- yeah. Caxton there. Where the council is now. Yeah, where the council yeah. is now. And then he moved across to Sunoco, but 
it's funny when you're saying that, like um, how that social engineering thing. Bruce McLaren also has all that, you know, all that. Yeah, Hennessy yeah, Valley yeah, all yeah. has factories and all that. That yeah. all our all our parents, or we know of parents that um, we had relatives that worked in mm. in and around that area, you know. So yeah, yeah no, it's crazy you saying that, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, thinking about that, I'm just thinking thought about that there. If you bring up a map of Auckland and see where all the industrial areas are, yeah, and yeah. just you can still see the demographics around there, like, yeah, 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 where all the silver are. Eh? Yep. And I think, um, I think uh, there's a university lecturer, Damon Salesa. I'm not sure if he's, mm. uh, I've heard he, of him. He's the husband of um, Jenny Salesa, the Labour MP. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Itself. Um, um, so he's he's done a study on that, like kind of like where islanders live and. Kind of mm. like what what drew them there and all of that stuff. So it definitely features some of that kind of stuff to, mm. as well. It's like in Australia too with the butchery as well, eh? Most mm. of the islands mm. have got over for for butchery or, or yeah, mining. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of stuff. Yeah, butchery, yeah. Mining. same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. And it, I mean, there's good money, and and you know, I mean, we we're talking about Australia before, and I'm not knocking our pe- people uh, chasing opportunity, you know, to to have a better life and stuff like that. But um, just 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 trying to, um, you know. Like uh, trying to bring attention to us, you know, stopping and pausing and reflecting in terms of you know how we've come to this country, why we came here, and, and making mm-hmm. sure that we don't kind of lose sight in terms of you know what does a better life mean? You know, so does it mean that we got flushing toilets and, and running water? <laughs> yeah, that's just... uh, is, is that is that the measure of a better life, or is the better life um, you know? Because like if, if we ask our you know our parents, it's like when they send us to school, you know, that was a success that we're going to school. But we weren't doing well there, all of us saying, you know what I mean? Like yeah. so it's like, yeah, we were going to school, but we were, we were passing. <laughs> so so you know, like, you know, maybe maybe Was that a cultural thing as well? Like teachers not understanding because they're obviously when we were young, they're hardly any brown. Yeah. We never we never hardly any had brown um school teachers. Yeah, I mean we were the pioneers. So, so it was a mm. it was a cultural thing, right? They were like didn't know how to I, I I don't know, Did but think? no. I think that's part. I think that's partly it. But I think partly of it. <laughs> this is for I think when I look back now, it's partly. Um, I think it was attitude as well. You know, I was like uh, I didn't really realize the importance of it then. You know, so I think it's part of naivety or just trying to be. Um, like I I look back now and I see so many guys that were I'd gone to school with, and. Bro, they were like, they were brilliant. Like they were really, really bockle in that, but they just, um, they just preferred to um, muck around. Even like the teachers were, were trying their best. I, I, I know, I remember a few teachers back at school that really um, would, would go out of their way to try and help us island boys. But I think, uh, I think it was an attitude thing as well. Like we'd prefer to just be sitting in the back and and not taking it seriously. Because then you see the other guys. I think Tana's another. Tana's a good example of this. Tana's my early um, recollections or my early impressions of Tana's. So Tana came in form free. And I would come across, and I just saw this guy. He went and sat at the front of the class, and I saw him pull out his books, his pens, and that. And my first, um, you know, thing was like, "See this square pants." <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, you know, oh, what do you want? Did you buy the? Did you buy the teacher an apple as well? You know, but. Tana is where he is now today because of his hard work and his ability to focus. You know what I mean? He isn't, there was no cultural thing that stopped Tana from mm. his cultural thing that he learned from his mum and dad was that you, you put your nose down and you, and you study. My parents tried to teach me that, but I was too hard headed or I prefer to just be, you know, wagging school and all that. And I think that's what happened to a lot of the guys. 
So, you know, yeah, cultural thing, yeah, there is that perception that we didn't have enough island teachers and all that. But I think a lot of, and part of it also was just getting down and, and doing the mahi, you know, and, and, and I know that, I know all the guys, every guy that we've had on this podcast that I know, like from long term, from Roger, and, and even Stacey's one of them too, you know, Stacey's, um, you know, he's he's a bit of a, <laughs> he was a bit of a square pants back in the days by the sounds of it, you know, all these guys, they had, um, I think the one underlying thing that they had was they had that work ethic or they had that ability to focus and, and you know, um, but that's just my, that's just my view. Yeah, that's, it's true. Yeah. Cultural thing. Yeah. We can say that as well, but it's also, um, put it down to the individual as well to really, you know, we just focus as well. And, yeah. and Rob, like from what, as I've been saying, like for your experiences for the kids, um, is that sort of the, is that what you see as well? Like, I think, yeah, I mean, we, we oh, do you encourage like, do kids like what you guys do? Do they end up to be more focused or more? Yeah. Or, or do you think that's a, like an issue? Or I think I mean we've we, I think as a country we've definitely you know come a, lo- a long way you know so like you know we, we were pioneers you know with a with a first um, New Zealand born generation mm-hmm. here to uh, go through the schooling system and so um, and being honest you know the, the system wasn't designed for us it's in a language that that we you know that that's, uh, that we inherited as yeah. opposed to yeah. you know like um, was was part of who we are so. Um, so I think because we're pioneers, um, our teachers were also pioneers. Yeah, so they've they've been thrown into yeah, yeah, yeah. they went they actually stayed for the sea though, you know they went, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they were prepared for <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the island uh, attitudes. Yeah, yeah, and that's not giving them an excuse because I think you know I, I do think some teachers, you know, particularly in, in, in a lot of experiences that either myself or my friends had, you know, could have tried a little bit harder to understand what our world was like, yeah. you know, to, okay, to help yeah, us out, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so, um, but I think as well for our families, you know, they, they didn't really know how to value the, the, the education they were getting. So for, for them, going to school was a win. That was, already, you know, they were, the fact that we had uh, school books and that we uh, had uniforms and we're going, had a place to go to every day to learn, you know, that was the win. The fact that um, we had to learn more <laughs> you know, that, that, that was just like another step yeah. and some for a lot of a lot of our, our families and our, and our youngsters it's probably a step too far mm-hmm. you know because it's like mate we send you to school you know to learn, and you know we talked earlier about the pressures on uh, young sports people um, and what it means for their families to go to school it was the same thing back then you know we had a lot yeah. of mental health uh, well, issues I, around exams yeah time, school, I think uh, I think a lot of um, yeah, yeah when you say that I remember school C, getting oh. school C was the biggest, you know, was the biggest thing to, especially island parents. I don't know whether, I don't know whether it's their culture, like in the, the back in Samoa or, or whatever islands they came from. There was, this was the benchmark. You had to, if you pass school C, that means you're going, you know, that you've passed some, you've stepped over some invisible line. That means you're going to go into <laughs> further or bigger things, eh? Yeah, well, hi, yeah. definitely, definitely. That was like your tickety, ticket to life. That's kind it. Of thing, that's yeah. It. So. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, success you brought like pride to our family and stuff like that, you know. But uh, I think um, in terms of uh, what what that meant for um, those who didn't yeah, achieve, that's right. You know, that was a massive, um, you know, like uh, like shame. And I think you know a lot of uh, there was a lot of casualties along the way. Yeah. You know, so. I remember um, they done. Um, I remember watching a short film once. About um, some guy, and it was about the pressures of that the parents had put on them to pass school C, and yeah, and they yeah. ended up, you know, that kind of ends up with him, um, 
hanging himself, you know, and and there's a lot of cases like that, eh? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've heard of heaps of them. Like, how how come it came to uh, these people felt like there was no other um, another no other option except to, to to have to do something like that because, you know, that's the pressure that the families were, were putting on them, eh? Unfortunately, yeah, no, no, for sure, and so like. It's just it's all that thing about expectation, eh? you know, it's like trying to live up to some kind of measure or some standard that uh, that our families or, or society is placing just, on us, yeah, eh? you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, just in terms of that education uh, um, question, you know, especially for our generation, you know, like um, there's a lot of learning that that came from that, yeah. you know. So like, um, uh, yeah, I think in terms of um, uh, in terms of that learning, um, the generation that's now, they're benefiting from some of that. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. See, like you, you, you're you're right in that sense. I guess I was talking from um, from our from my um, up, like the way I grew up and now we studied. But you can see, I wish now, like um, you can see the benefits of um, being bilingual in that. Like, you know, if there was a Samoan, because um, I, I know a lot of my family now, they're really big into Angano, and they're really big about um, learning to speak Samoan and learning Samoan um, tradition and that. And I, I, I wonder if they had um, that kind of or that kind of stuff in um, school back when I was there. Um, I wonder how that would have altered some people's lives because you would have mm-hmm. got a sense of pride of identity and then you would have kind of realized why parents why our parents are the way they are because they would have thought they would have seen through um and all the um when you see them speak you know there's um when they do their laungas and all that you see that there's a structure to it and then you see how Samoan society works or how it was formed and then you can kind of you would have been able to see why the parents have formed um how they formed their views and you could have had a better understanding then you know i wish I know now that that's a big thing now. You know, um, there's more to do in school. Um, there's a lot. There's some more classes in, in school too. You know, and I, yeah, I there's, guess, bi- there's bilingual now. I think the curriculum's changed now for mm, the kids these days. It's, it's evolved. It's better it's, now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think since you know our generations um, growing up and become become school teachers, you see more brown yeah. faces now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah I yeah, think yeah. that and and now you know all this diversity stuff going on around the world and coming into New Zealand and. Trying to push that now, I think there's it's a better, it's better. Well, well I think yeah, the extent, yeah. I think the thing. extent of our um, learning anything about our history was just um, going to Mount Roscoe for the Samoa for the culture, <laughs> for the, culture festival, for the festival. See, I Rob Luisi and his new angry stuff <laughs> on the stage there, uh, just flexing, flexing with that baby oil. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, I mean, I think, and um, yeah, like I said, I think our country's come a long way. I think uh, not just Pacific people and Maori people, but. Um, even uh, even Pakia acknowledged that okay, so it's better for people to to uh, to know their heritage and and to celebrate their heritage because mm-hmm. then that helps them have a better platform to to work for me. So yeah. and that's reflected in the school system now. We, yeah. So. so what's the state of runway right now? State of compared to when? compared to the <laughs> stats you first yeah. heard back in two thousand one. So, yeah, give us the state of state <laughs> state address. <laughs> so uh, like. Uh, 
Have we? Uh, are we moving? Is the one is the bus moving, <laughs> or is it is it or the roadworks on Universal Drive stopping it from going anywhere? Yeah, we're, we're, we're still waiting for uh, light rail to arrive. <laughs> now, yeah. I think like you know our, our community, it's, it's still the same. The potential is still the same. You know, like I think for for our young people, um, there's more platforms, uh, more opportunities for them. Uh, there's more access to things on their doorstep. You know, in Ranui, so. Um, I think for for our, uh, our youngsters, you know, uh, everything's still the same. They just have um, kind of the environment's better, you know, in terms of um, being acknowledged for who they are and being acknowledged for what they can offer. So I think, yeah, that's that's different. Society's changed a little bit. The community's still the same in terms of the potential and what they have to offer, not just Ranui, but you know, offer the world, eh? you know, so... Um, yeah, and I'm, yeah, shucks, there's so many, so many uh, youngsters we see, and they're doing amazing things. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about social media—you can still stay connected to everyone that you've you've met along the way. And then you get, oh man, and you can share their stories. You get, man, there's this kid used to come here, and um, he's in the what do you call it in the in the cha- changing room of the uh, Golden State Warriors or whatever, you know, because he's got some kind of connection. They can get him in there, and <laughs> you know, not that it's a measure of success, but the fact that he's you know halfway around the world, all the way from Ranui, but really proud about where he's come from and, and yes. his uh, his experiences growing up in Ranui and how there's influenced who he is now as an adult. Um, that's massive. So, um, yeah, man, there's there's a uh, there's another Cam Eric Isaiah out there. You know, he's he's still um, got that same potential, still and full of enthusiasm. Um, but the world is a lot more accommodating, you know. Yeah. Well, relatively. Yeah. Still, 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 still taking those giant steps towards that. Eh? That's awesome, man. I got one final question, Rob. Will you, uh, Doctor Smith or Doctor Lindsay? <laughs> uh, I think um, Doctor Lindsay. I think, but like that was late. Cause my, my 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 doctor was sorry I'm dragging this out but my doctor was Greylin you know so we oh, oh yeah, so you yeah, used to go all the way back yeah, yeah Chanelau okay. Doctor Chanelau oh sorry, yeah yeah very yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and now uh, Doctor Patel and um, Ponsonby Road yeah yeah yeah, yeah so <laughs> we all the way out there and yeah. then my, my wife just a few years ago she convinced me when you know when they uh, merged all the uh, clinics yeah. Yeah, yeah and came off the the medical center they have now she's ah man you're always driving there just get the doctor here it's better. And after two times of waiting for three hours to see the doctor, back uh, to uh, sorry, <laughs> Doctor Lindsay. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's Central. he's left. You know, uh, when they brought out the Ranui Medical Centre, he only him and I think Doctor Smith didn't come across, but I I think um, Doctor Lindsay helped and helped him with the transition. Then I saw him, you know, on his bike. He said he's based out in Glen Eden or something, but. I think, uh, I think a little tear left my eye when I saw him <laughs> riding away. I was like, you know, all those times my mum would bring me in and a little, uh, play with the wooden uh, truck in the in the waiting room there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, but man, that's right. It's funny. That's a mean, that's mean, bro. I think everyone, it's funny when you're from the 135, you're either, it's like you're a Democrat or a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, uh, I'd say Dr. Lindsay's more of, more of a blue state. Guy, <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, solid man. But hey, well, thanks for having me out, guys. Love what you guys are doing as well. Eh? You know, doing uh, doing a mean job, being the voice of the the community. Yeah, the man. Masses. Well, we had to get we had to get the the uh, unof- unofficial mayor of Ranui on. So 
<laughs> you can't, can't really be calling us the monthly yeah, five if we haven't got the king. We haven't got the Don Corleone, Don Corleone of uh, Ranui there, you know? Nah, man. Hey, Rob, you better come back uh, when you invite you next time, man. Like, oh, you nah. know, this is just a... I think this is just a tease. I know it was yeah, no, nearly three so hours. Yeah. Nearly three hours, but that's just a little tease. That's right. We haven't, Sorry, you know, we're, <laughs> no, no, joking it up. No, no, that's, no, that's, no, how, no. that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we've only scratched the surface. There's so much. Um, you know, we you didn't even really touch on any of um, your success stories or all the others. So yeah, there's so much more. I'm sure people are gonna love hearing. You know. And then you can come teach us because we. <laughs> oh, sorry, but I just to bring it back to last week's one, and you were talking about the taro dishes. Oh. And what's, what's that oh. new weigh-in one? Taki. Taki. Oh, yeah. oh. I've had it. Yeah, bro, oh. I've had it. You, and I, I, yeah. Man, I want to so try it, man. So my friend, who um, I saw her mum making it, and then I was like, it's a, it's really time-consuming, eh? Like, yeah. you've got to cut... Um, You've, you cut the taro and then you've got to add, um, you know, when you um, yeah, yeah, yeah. layer it, you put in stuff in between, eh? Yeah, so it's kind of like a lasagna. It's just, just like yeah, taro, yeah. popo layered with coconut cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, but, uh Lilisi, he's got a good one on fish. Yeah, that's uh, a, that's episode. the one yeah, yeah, I was referring yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah solid, man. But like you can, I remember having it and I was like, man, I could just eat it by itself. But <laughs> then I was trying to work out the mess. Like, if I eat like two blocks, there's like three whole cuddles that I'm <laughs> <laughs> like if I mashed it all up, I'm just eating free colors, man, and I'm Samoan, so that stuff, that stuff resonates with me, man. <laughs> oh, and it's, oh, it's weird because it's, it's kind of savory but it's sweet. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's like a dessert. dessert or just a side. Dish. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, so you just yeah, you'd have it. Like it's kind of like um, raro, like oh, minus, yeah, yeah, or oh, pocky, minus. minus yeah, yeah. You know, you can minus, eat it. Yeah. yeah, minus you can just eat it by itself, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the sauce is just the compliment, bro. The, the minus is the that's the go-to right there, man. Right, for real. We have to like the next one. We have to have a yeah. challenge. Yeah, we have to bring in your one and then man. get uh, Eric to bring in some minus and let's have a let's have a cook-off. Big salmons. Um, <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know what we can really bring. I don't think we really have any original. Oh, for some fa'osi or something like that, eh? <laughs> That's true, man. No, what's yeah. the coconut cream fish? Oh, with the, um, the coconut cream and mussels. Oh, that's... Nah, that's... What, yeah, just... Uh, oh! No, just in the oven? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just grilled. Yeah, 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 with uh, coconut cream and that. Yeah, I remember that for Kevin's... Um, that's one of Kevin's dad's birthday. Uh, we scoffed nah. the whole half a tree. <laughs> but like uh, Fa'osi is that's the salmon um, delicacy. Yeah, love like that's Fa'pa Pa with um, like caramelized sugar or like sugar oh, melted geez. sugar in that. Yeah. That's that's, that's dangerous. You know, stuff, that's man. it's beautiful. But um, you might want to go and take some hypertension pills up. Because <laughs> 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 you're going to see a spike in your um, sugar levels, mate. So, uh, <laughs> but oh, man. Awesome, man. That was hey, boys. Good sesh. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, nah, cheers, man. Thank you, sir. Solid. All right, we're out of here. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Why is he? Sorry, boys, flip, flip, banging on me. No, no, man. No, no, no that's just. But you see, all of them, they're all like that. But because oh. we get, we, um, we just get lost. True, hey, true. Yeah. We just lose track of time. Like, it's funny, like, the lights are. That's teaching, right?